It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along. We now have the girls' state tournament pairings. Boys' sectionals are winding down. Most of those regional matchups for next week are set. It is truly, Coach, the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit after Christmas is over, but it's our one, most wonderful time of the year here on uh, BasketballNight.com. And uh, uh, i tell you what, Ryan, uh, you can kind of catch your breath a little bit, but not for long because with boys' sectionals really cranking up uh, this weekend and, of course, the girls' regionals you mentioned, we'll get into that in depth tonight. It was an exciting week really on both sides. And it only gets better from here. And, Joe, in many ways, last week and this week are the two most exciting weeks because you've got boys sectional play, girls regional play. I should say this week and next week. Right. And then next week you've got girls state tournament play and boys regional play. So from Wednesday through Saturday, it is intense. It's basketball paradise. I, I've seen some good, a couple good games this week, and uh, just you know, following the scores from across the state, and you know, there's been some upsets. So that just makes it more intense because you know, you, you get down to this time of the year, you lose uh, in a in an early sectional game, especially you're out. And then of course, if you can go on to get to at least to the semifinals, you got one game. Uh, you know, you kind of hold your breath on and try to get in there in the regional. So it definitely an exciting time of the year, and you know. The, the greatest time of the year if you're a high school basketball fan, for sure. 24 girls teams will descend upon the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center floor starting next Wednesday morning, running all the way through Saturday night. We'll have the uh, complete coverage of that on, on basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup. We'll also get you the brackets throughout the course of this show as well. You can always find them on basketballnight.com. Uh, much easier to read there than anywhere else you'll find them. And uh, you know, before we get too deep into this, a uh, couple of things I do want to uh, mention right off the, the top. Uh, I know many of you are aware that our, our good buddy Bill Cornwell um, had a had a episode. medical episode, yes, uh, at the sectional boys basketball tournament Wednesday night at Spring Valley High School. Um, he he was taken to Cabell Huntington Hospital. He was doing fine. In fact, you could text him; he would text you right back. Uh, he was listened to the Marshall basketball game last night. <laughs> Our, you know, he had thoughts on that, too. So, Bill recovering uh, well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, best wishes to Bill. We got some uh, good news just before coming on the air, and he's continuing to be on demand, and hopefully he'll get out of the hospital soon. But uh, Bo, or Bo. Whoa. <laughs> oh, and I ran into Bo. We're going to get into that. Sorry about that, I too. did see him in person. But, Bill, we're uh, definitely thinking about you, and I appreciate everything he means to the program, and we're glad that he's uh, on, his way, uh, on his way back. Absolutely. He's hoping to even possibly get out tomorrow and, and get back home to finish recuperating. But uh, our thoughts are with him. And, and also our friend Jordan Mounts has been under the weather as well and some having some issues. But I understand he's on the, on the mend as well. So. Yeah, I talked to his dad tonight, and uh, so we'll remember him as well. And hopefully he can get, get back with us too. And there, there's one more I want to mention. I hate starting on a kind of a, a down <laughs> note because Debbie this is an exciting, side, right. an exciting time of year. But – uh, we did lose uh, Jimmy Morgan Sr. over the course of the past week. He died uh, earlier this week. He was a retired teacher and coach from Cabell County Schools, uh, worked Marshall basketball games, had worked at uh, Lincoln Junior High in Huntington back in the day. And uh, he, he's someone who uh, had, had a, a role in a lot of the people who have grown up in Huntington within the sports uh, 
you know, with, within sports, I should say. And, and he definitely played a role in many of their lives, and uh, we'll certainly miss him as well. Yeah, he'll be missed. And as you mentioned, a lot of things about his coaching career and things he did when he was younger, maybe people weren't as much aware of, but it's great to, to be able to see that. And uh, he was such a staple uh, here at Marshall and also at Huntington High and surrounding areas. And I tell you, Ryan, coming from the coaching side of things, to have people like him that do such a, a quality job and a professional job for that period of time, a support person, uh, you feel that role uh, in, at times too. I just want to tell you from a coaching and a program standpoint, uh, they are invaluable. So he will be greatly missed. And uh, uh, he was uh, one of those special ones that was kind of an icon, really, uh, in the Huntington area. Absolutely. And uh, All right, we've got the housekeeping in order. We know you're here for basketball scores. There are no girls' games in West Virginia tonight. Oh, man. That's because <laughs> the regionals were earlier this week. We'll, we'll cover all those games throughout the course of the night. But it is an important night for boys' basketball sectionals. Many of these are sectional finals. And it means that the winners will get home games in the regionals next week. Losers will have to go on the road to try to pick up a, a regional co-championship and a trip to Charleston. So, But the good news, all of these teams get to play at least one more game. Yes, and we had some very big rivalry matchups. and I, I, it takes a, It's a different atmosphere in a postseason than it is in a regular season. Coach Brown, you were at one of those games tonight. I, I'm still trying to, to, to come down from it. It was an amazing experience. Uh, haven't been in those before. Uh, actually been in uh, the coaching part of it, but it's 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 different. It's a, it's a totally different level because most of them are rivalries. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, kind of give and take there, and uh, it's it's an amazing experience. And like I said, I left one of the the premier rivalries. I know Joe uh, may take issue with that with the Logan Chapman one. It's right up there with it. But Tulsa Tug Valley, I tell you what, it was an amazing night and an amazing win for the home team tonight. You had Parkersburg and Parkersburg South battling tonight. <laughs> Spring Valley Midland. Spring Valley Cabell Midland. Midland. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there, there were major Martinsburg Musselman might know yeah. each other a little bit. Yes, and uh, Martinsburg, well, still still undefeated. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that much more as night goes along, too. But, you know, I think now's a good time. Let's get our first check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I'll give you guys a little bit of a break. I'll, I'll take care of this. How's that? Triple <laughs> A boys basketball sectional tournament play in Region One, Section One. It was Wheeling Park defeating John Marshall, eighty-two to fifty-six. In Region One, Section Two, hey, another rivalry: the Mohawk Bowl <laughs> basketball edition, and it's University picking up a one-point win. We got we got to double check on that to make sure it's final, but. We have University 57, Morgantown 56. No surprise that those two would play a game down on the wire. Uh, Region 2, Section 1, Martinsburg remains undefeated. 24-0, the Bulldogs defeat Musselman 63-48. In Region 2, Section 2, it was Washington, a 55-33 winner over Jefferson. Region 3, Section 1, Capital defeats George Washington. That's a surprise. Final score is 64-63. Cougars get the win. Very rare that you hear an 18 and 5 team pulls a surprise, but that's exactly what happened tonight in Charleston. Also, Region 3, Section 2, Woodrow Wilson defeats Greenbrier East 60 to 52. Parkersburg in Region 4, Section 1 defeats Parkersburg South 49 48. And in Region 4, Section 2 of Class AAA, it was Spring Valley defeating Cabell Midland 50 to 48. Joe will let you do the double A scores. All right, in Class AA, uh, it was Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears, in that uh, a game between Fairmont and North Marion, taking the win 68-37. Nicholas County comes out on top over Lewis County. 
That is in uh, region or yeah, region two, section two, by a score of seventy-two seven or sixty-eight. It was the Bluefield Beavers down in Region 3 knocking off Shady Springs. That one was a close one, 49-42. So the uh, Beavers go to 19-2 on the season. And the game we mentioned a few minutes ago, it was an exciting game. Actually, Logan pulled within two with about two and a half minutes to go, but the Tigers of Chapmanville lit them up there at the end of the game as the Chapmanville Tigers knocked off the Logan Wildcats 68-55 down in Region 4, uh, Section 2. In Class Single A, Region 1, Section 1, it was uh, Wheeling Central over Cameron Knight, 79-68. In Region 2, Section 1, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, Trail Trinity Christian. I know, correction, that is now a final. Uh, Trinity Christian comes out winners over Notre Dame, 36-34. And the Webster County Highlanders remain undefeated down in uh, Region 3, Section 1, as they are victorious tonight over Charleston Catholic, 74-60. to Over in Region 3 and Section 2, it was Greenbrier West. The Cavaliers roll on as they go to 20-4 on the season with the victory over Greater Beckley Christian, 64-39. Parkersburg Catholic knocks off Williamstown tonight, 28 28- 27 in that Region 4 Section 1 single-A game. And finally, the game that uh, Coach Marone uh, got to witness tonight, the Tulsa Rebels, 16-7 and now, knock off Tug Valley, 68-54. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. All right, one thing that we have to correct here. It was that Morgantown beat University tonight on a buzzer beater. A Garrett Haynes 3 at the buzzer lifts the Mohegans to a 57-56 win over University. So you've got uh, some big matchups there. We'll, we'll pair out the regional matchups throughout the course of the evening as well. But the girls' state tournament is set to begin in the Charleston Civic Center, Charleston Two. Coliseum and Convention Center. <laughs> Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Or, excuse me, Wednesday morning, 9.30 okay, right. is the opening game. Bright and early. I think they should have biscuits and gravy in the concession <laughs> Hey, I agree. I'm all for that. But uh, one of the teams that made it, uh, well, let, let's go through the single A field real quick. St. Joe is the number one seed. They'll take on number eight seed, Midland Trail. And that game will be on Wednesday at 5.30. The number two seed is Parkersburg Catholic. They will play Summers County Wednesday at 1 o'clock. The number three seed is Magnolia. The Blue Eagles will take on six seed Trinity in the tournament opener, 9.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And the number four seed, Willing Central, will take on number five seed, Tucker County. That's the nightcap at 9 p.m. Wednesday night. Parkersburg Catholic having a spectacular girls basketball season. Uh, the Crusaderettes are 22-1, and one, and they defeated Tug Valley in the regional game, 79-44 earlier this week. Joining us now on the program is Marty Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to get this name wrong, and I apologize in advance, Coach. Marty Verheller, Verheller, head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic Girls. Coach, correct me. I, I, I'm, I'm gladly going to take a correction here. No, you're, you're good. That's perfect. Uh, Verheller, <laughs> you got it. Verheller, all right. Well, I, was in, I was in the neighborhood. I appreciate it. Coach, congratulations on getting back to the state tournament. Thank you. Is this Ryan? This is Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, it's very exciting, and uh, our girls are 
I don't know if they're uh, half as excited as the coaches are, but uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very special moment. Always a good uh, opportunity to go to Charleston. I mean, that, that's obviously a big deal for any program. And even one with the success Parkersburg Catholic has had over the years, it's something you don't take for granted. No. Um, Ryan, honestly, we talked about it um, after the game against Tug Valley. And we mentioned, you know, girls, we understand the margin of victory in the regional final. Don't let this take away from the uh, the – the magnitude of the moment, it's very, very special. Don't ever, ever take it for granted. And, and I know certainly we don't, and the girls don't either. Um, anytime you make it to Charleston and, and you're in the final eight, um, it is a, a moment to remember, and we're going to try to take advantage of it this time. Well, Coach, just to get to that regional game, you won the section with a victory over Williamstown. That was a team you'd beaten by 15 and 25 earlier in the season. But as things tend to do in the postseason, that game played a lot closer. How important was it to get that win and avoid having to go to St. Joe for a trip to the state tournament? Well, um, you know, it's a, about like playing, you know, a junior high team versus having to get a Golden State and playing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, seriously, it was uh, it was monumental, and I'm not I'm not uh, trying to be funny about it at all. It was absolutely critical. Um, anytime you play St. Joe. <laughs> I don't care where you're playing or what you're playing. It's very difficult. But to have to, to, to consider going to their gym to play a regional final, honestly, guys, was not something that we were interested in. So we had to win that sectional, and it was tough. I mean, we, we did not um, – we, we played very, very well. Honestly, we did. Uh, we just did not shoot the ball well. And um, the, the girls just found a way. Hey, Coach, Joe Linville, uh, you know, look, just looking over the season there, you know, you go 22-1 uh, and one on the season. And uh, is it tough to just to keep that uh, camaraderie going, you know, the, the success you're having without, you know, getting overconfident or whatever? How do you keep the, the girls in check to, to get ready for this state tournament? Well, Joe, that's a good question. And honestly, I think, I think a lot of times um, – we would indeed have that problem. When I say we, I mean any coach. But um, this Parkersburg Catholic team is different. Um, it, it's very similar to the team that we had last year, um, not just in terms of our record, our success, but honestly, Joe, as far as our, our uh, team chemistry. Um, the girls love one another, and I'm not being funny about that. They They really do. They care about one another, and – and they would much rather give up a shot um, and get an assist for a layup than they would to, uh, to get two points on the board or three points on the board for themselves. And, you know, to answer your question more specifically, um, that has made our job very easy. We have not had to keep them in check as far as their attitude. Um, overconfidence has never been an issue. This team is hungry, and we know – when we get to Charleston, how tough it's going to be. I mean, you know, everybody talks about Saturday. Saturday, nothing. You know, we've got to get through Wednesday first. And our girls know that. And, you know, they just they, they have great chemistry. And, you know, it has not been difficult at all to keep them in check. Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here. Congratulations on the regional championship. And a quick question. It was, Thanks, kind, of, it was kind of unique when the pairings come out. Of course, Summers County – uh, an opponent that you saw last year in the state tournament. I know 
uh, you're celebrating the regional win, but when the seedings come out, uh, did you do you kind of think deja vu? Because I know that was a team you saw down there last year. Yeah, that's a good question, Coach. Um, you know, honestly, we were so so glad to to, to get through our section to win the region. Um, and again, this I don't mean this to come across in any kind of way like you know we don't really care who we play. That's not true. Um, we we are so fortunate to be there, and and we feel so blessed to be there that it was not a feeling of oh my goodness, guess what? We're going to play Summers again, and Summers beat us last year, and that's the only team to beat us. That's not the way our girls think. You know, we, we're looking at this as a blessing. And um, we're, we're going to try to take full advantage of it. Um, the, the girls had no clue uh, going into the game, you know, what could happen, uh, where could you be seated. They had a, they had a decent idea as far as what, what they, they thought could happen. So I guess they had a little bit of a clue. But um, they, they, they weren't really concerned about it. Let's get the regional win, and then let's see what happens. Marty Beerheller, the head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic Girls, the number two seed in the Class Single-A State Tournament. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Coach. Once again, congratulations on the State Tournament birth and wish you and the Crusaderettes the best of luck this coming week in Charleston. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And I know it's going to be a, a class event, and, and uh, we're very fortunate to be there. And uh, Ryan, uh, Joe, Coach, we uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to be online. Hey, sounds good. Thanks so much, Coach. That's Marty Verheller. Beerheller, excuse me, the head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic Girls. We've got to step aside and take a break. Our first break of the night when we come back, we'll talk with head coach of the Bluefield Beavers girls basketball team, Tony Malamachi, head coach of the Sissonville girls, Rich Skeen, and with Eric Little, broadcaster, he had another classic tonight, Parkersburg and Parkersburg South. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night continues after break one here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, on online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. There's many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click our affiliates page 
for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to BasketballNight.com, just click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live and Periscope. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. In the Huntington area, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Make sure to send pictures of your game, your team, and your fans so we can feature them in our video stream. Send your pics to us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. I'm Marshall University Provost Jaime Taylor. Basketball Friday Night is produced on the campus of Marshall University as a celebration of high school basketball in the great state of West Virginia. I'm with Professor Bernice Morris, who is director of the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum, and we want to inform you of an exciting opportunity for our elementary, middle, and high school teachers. Uh, that is correct, Provost Taylor. Marshall's Summer Teachers Institute integrates the study of black history into school curricula. It is funded in part through a grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. How many elementary, middle, and high school teachers will be chosen? Twenty educators will be selected for the program and they will study Woodson, black history, black literature, and how to incorporate black history in their programs. They will also visit historic sites in the area. All sessions except field trips will take place on our Huntington campus June 17th through 21st and will be taught by experts in the field. Teachers will pay nothing to register for the Institute because the Lyceum's funding covers the cost of tuition for three graduate credits and provides teachers with $500 stipends. How may the elementary, middle, and high school teachers apply for this summer's Institute? Uh, applicants will find the application at the Marshall University Whitson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash Lyceum. The deadline for applications is 5 p.m. March 15th. All questions should be addressed to me at morrisb at marshall.edu. Thank you, Professor Morris. I personally invite all the elementary, middle, and high school teachers who are listening to apply and let their fellow teachers know of this opportunity. Now please enjoy the next hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.22 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. So happy to have you along on one of the most important Friday nights of the high school basketball season. Girls State Tournament play, as I mentioned, is set to get underway next week, Wednesday morning, with the single-A games. Triple-A top two seeds, both will play Wednesday as well. Then Thursday, double-A with the numbers three through six seeds playing in triple-A on Thursday as well in the quarterfinals. And uh, let's set the double-A field real quick. The number one seed is Fairmont Senior. They will take on eight-seed Bluefield Thursday at 5.30. It will be number two seed, Wyoming East, taking on the seven-seed Bridgeport 
Thursday at 1 p.m. The number three seed, the Lady Pioneers of Wayne, will take on Sissonville at 9.30 Thursday morning. Bright and early for that one. And then the nightcap Thursday night at 9 p.m. is number four seed Lincoln taking on number five seed Frankfurt. Six of the eight teams were there a year ago. The uh, only ones that didn't make it back this year, both lost in the regional final and both lost on the road. North Marion, the reigning state champions, they ran into a buzzsaw at Frankfurt. We'll talk much more about that, too, throughout the course of the night. And Sissonville went on the road and beat Chapmanville. We'll talk with Rich Skeen about that, the head coach of the Lady Indians, in just a moment. Right now, let's go to Tony Malamachi, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers girls basketball team. And Coach Malamachi, first off, congratulations on getting the Beavers back to the state tournament. Thank you. I really appreciate it. A familiar setting for you guys. Obviously, the state tournament, you made it to the championship game in 2017. You've got a rematch of that game with Fairmont Senior in the opening round. But, my goodness, your team is probably as good of an eight seed as there has ever been since the seeding of the state tournament began. Yeah, you know, people look at our record. We had a very tough schedule. And when they fill out the, uh, the rating sheets, I think they just, a lot of people just look at your record and not really who you play. I think one of the publications had us the second uh, toughest schedule in the state, regardless of classes. So, you know, I, I think, truthfully, we should have been a, maybe a five or a six seed, but our record, you know, wasn't as good as some of the other teams because of the strength of schedule we have. Well, let's, let's, let's not uh, beat around the bush with this. That's a 15-7 and seven record. That's still a very good season, especially considering the competition you played. It is, and it's a tough, and we have a tough region. We, we probably have one of the toughest regions in the state, and, and the tough section, just to get out of the section and to get out of the region is a monumental task. So, we, you know, it's probably one of the top two regions in the state. Got, getting back to Charleston with a 54-38 win over Westside. I know last year a heartbreaker with North Marion, and uh, you know that's been rehashed and rehashed about how many tenths of a second are required to get a shot off, and I, I don't want to necessarily go back down that road with you, but at the same time I have to feel that there's a little bit of a motivating factor behind that for your girls. Yes, once that ended last year, uh, we decided to use that as a motivating factor and try to get back. And then once we get back, you know, try try to get it done this time. But we got we got a tough first round game. But we're coming up there to try to to make up for what happened last year and use it as motivation, and hopefully uh, bring the big one home this year. Coach, you talk about that big game. You do open up with Fairmont Senior, and what what do you do to motivate these girls? I mean, like you said, you know, you you've taken the issue from last year a year ago to build on, and now the time is here. What do you do? Well, they're very motivated from that, and plus the fact uh, we have uh, four seniors starting. They know this is their last opportunity, and then our, our sixth man's a senior. So they know this is their last chance. So that combined with the fact that we felt like you know, we sort of got shortchanged last year, that's, uh, it wasn't a hard job to really get them motivated this year. Coach Malamachi of the Bluefield Beavers girls team, they will be in action in Charleston on the Civic Center floor, which is now the Coliseum and Convention Center. I hate that name, by the way. But 5.30 p.m. Thursday against number one seat, Fairmont. Coach, once again, congratulations on getting the, your basketball team back to Charleston. And thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, it's Tony Malamachi, head coach of the Bluefield girls basketball team. We will talk with Eric Little in just a minute. Hang in there with us, Eric. I promise we'll get you in just a moment. But right now, let's go to Rich Skeen, head coach of the Sissonville Lady Indians, they are back to the state tournament for the first time since 2015, went on the road and beat perhaps the 
double-A team that was playing the best over the course of the last oh, month and a half or so in Chapmanville. Coach Skeen, your team going back to Charleston. Congratulations on that win. Thanks. Uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Chapmanville was just playing so well. As a matter of fact, in that last month of the season, they, they whipped our hind ends by 15 on our home court. So uh, to, ha- to go down there and uh, get a win, uh, kind of special for uh, our girls, our community, our high school, just, uh, just uh, an awesome win. I think the strength of the AA field this year can best be summed up by saying your team is 21-5 and five and the number six seed. I mean that, that we were we we were the number four seed in our section, mm-hmm. um, it, but I, I, you know a, a case could be made uh, for the four top seeds in our section all being one, two, three, or four. I mean it was just crazy. But you look at our section with uh, uh, Winfield, us, Nitro, and Wayne uh, all finishing. You know I think in the top eight in the final uh, or fi- top ten. I know uh, the final poll. Uh, just a, a crazy, crazy year, crazy section, and you're exactly right. Uh, any team in Double A, I think, uh, could win it this year. And I told our girls today. I mean, there is an awful lot of good teams, very good teams that aren't even uh, going to Charleston this week. Layla Arthur gets the headlines for your basketball team, but she is far from a one-person show. I, I do want to talk about though about senior leadership because. Let's go back to the sectional final real quick. Well, I know you don't want to relive, but it, it cycles back around. Uh, a game that you lost by 25 points. I know that one just kind of got away, though, in the last uh, six minutes or so of that one. That's when that lead spread out. But to be able to come back from that in less than a week and play at Chapmanville in, in what was the biggest game for Chapmanville girls basketball they've ever had. That was their first regional home game. I know that that was an exciting atmosphere for your team. And uh, you go down there and get a win. That says a lot about the character of your team. Senior leadership. Uh, uh, really, uh, we have three great seniors who you know have been with us for four years. Uh, one of them, and Lindsay Allman, didn't get a play her freshman year because of a, a pretty bad knee injury in soccer that year. But uh, Layla, uh, Arthur, and uh, Marley Bays uh, really, really played a lot of basketball their freshman year. And actually, uh, you said 2015 was the last time we were there. Actually, we were 2016 when uh, these girls were uh, freshmen and. Uh, they, uh, Layla and Marley got to play on Civic Center Court uh, two games. We got beat by Wyoming East in the semi- semifinals. So um, th- that's kind of been, uh, you know, uh, well, obviously it spurred those, those girls on, and Lindsay not being able to be there and, and participate in that game has spurred her on. But those three seniors have kind of told our younger girls, you know, what it's, a, what it's like, what it's about. And uh, we just had a couple heartbreakers the last couple of years. And uh, I, I just really just came together at the right time and uh, just had a great uh, section other than the, the sectional championship at Wayne. But uh, the great section beating Winfield, uh, beating Poker first and then Winfield and, and then the go on the road to beat Chapmanville in the regional. Just uh, really those girls have uh, been leading us all year and they really led us through that section on the regional. Coach, Coach Marone here. Congratulations again. And uh, uh, once the dust settles, and I know how hard it is to win at Chapmanville, that's a monumental task, and you guys should be proud of that. You see the seedings come out, and you see a team that you're so familiar with. I know that there's two sides to that coin, but uh, you know when you see Wayne across from you, a team that you're very familiar with, you've been in this a long time, and you've been through this. 
how do you handle that with your squad? I mean, you just played them, you know, a week ago in a, a hard-fought battle. The slate's clean and the stakes are much higher. But from your perspective, uh, you know, as a coach, what do you what do you have to do to get your team ready to go? Well, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, losing the way we did, and and, and actually, uh, we played them. Uh, I guess it'd be three weeks ago. Uh, tonight on their home court and uh, so we've lost to them twice you know in a span of three weeks so uh, I, I think uh, you can I, I don't know I think you could throw those things out oh you know come state tournament time there is some familiarity uh, you know at least we know each other uh, uh, so, so you know I, I, today in practice I just uh, quizzed them real quick what number is, you know, and I said their name, and, uh, and the girls knew pretty much all of them. So uh, that that helps you, you know, get ready for them. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it matters who you play or anything like that. You're in the state tournament, and that's motivation enough. So uh, we'll uh, go play Wayne for the third time, and, you know, and we'll not be in less than four weeks, and uh, we'll just see what happens. Wayne and Sissonville will do battle 9.30 a.m. Thursday morning on the floor at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Coach Rich Skeen of the Sissonville Indians, thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to the ball game Thursday. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's head coach Rich Skeen of the Sissonville Lady Indians. We've got to step aside and take our second break. When we come back, Eric Little, who's been already on Bo Anderson watch for time <laughs> on hold. Eric, we will get you right after the break. We'll also talk with Michael Miller, head coach of the Frankfurt girls basketball team. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break two here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's scores and give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. Macy Stewart, Jason Slade, West Virginia Sports News, Jason O'Brien, Cameron White, Jay Hatfield, Dog Zone, Mark, Debbie Greskovich, Clyde Farley, Jake Adkins, Alex Crum, Sally Avero. Become part of the show. Go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. You can call, tweet, text, and email. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Text the show, 304-249-4924. Text the show with your scores and comments. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect with the show at basketballnight.com. 
stay up to date on your favorite teams, check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.35, coming up on 9.36 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. So happy to have you with us. Let's go right back to the phones. Big boys basketball game tonight in Parkersburg, and it was the Big Reds and the rival Parkersburg South Patriots. Parkersburg gets the win, 49-48. Eric Little had the call of that game. He joins us now on the program. First off, Eric, thanks so much for sticking with us. And second off, wow, what a game you had tonight. Yeah, Parkersburg South got out to a really hot start. They outscored PHS 22-12 to in the first quarter. But South held to just 26 points in the ensuing three quarters, including single digits in the second and the fourth quarters. Twice this season now, the Patriots have been held to single digits uh, twice in one game. Uh, and then uh, Jake Johnson comes through. He's the uh, star tonight for Parkersburg High. Uh, he led the – uh, <clears throat> I can't remember his exact point total, but he did get the game-winning bucket uh, in, with about 15 seconds to go. A little floater in the lane that, that fell off the heel. And um, that, that did it for PHS. They win the sectional championship, and they'll host Campbell Midland, and they send Parkersburg South on the road to Spring Valley. Yeah, that, those Region 4 matchups, uh, very good. I mean, you had the, the sectional finals tonight. You had a one-point game and a two-point game. There's not a whole lot separating yeah. these teams. Well, no, and, and, and how about the fact that one of the best teams, in my estimation, on the other side of that region is Hurricane, and, they, and they're done. They, they got knocked out Wednesday. I, I was very impressed with what I saw from Hurricane. I was a veteran squad. So I think that benefits anybody in Section 1 to not have to play Hurricane uh, to get to Charleston. And that's not taking anything away from Spring Valley. That's not taking anything away from Cabell Midland because I know they've had very fine seasons. Cabell Midland, uh, I believe they've won 18 games now. And Spring Valley, I want to say, I mean, that's been kind of a storybook year for them. Uh, they really put a lot of things together and got some talent, but uh, that's not going to be an easy one. But this was this was a dogfight all the way through, as it often is. Um, South is South had two leads of ten points this evening. They led by ten, two different junctures, and this really, in a lot of ways, mirrored the first time these two teams played at Memorial Fieldhouse in late December. Because South in that game had two eight-point leads, and what happened was PHS slowed them down. Uh, PHS. Uh, limited South's ability to get the ball into the paint and into the post tonight. Uh, Malachi Sylvia, South's leading scorer, held to just three points. And, uh, and and by doing what PHS has done best all year, and that's bring teams to their level uh, and slowing the game down and uglying the game up, as my partner Bill Marshall said tonight, um, that that's what they did to South uh, December 28th when these two teams met for the first time, and that's what they did tonight. Hey, Eric, you got teams here. You got Park South at six and eighteen. You've got Spring Valley at fourteen and ten. Cavill's had a decent season at seventeen and seven. Then you got Park South with a seven and sixteen record. Normally, you don't see teams like that making it to the sectional finals, but there's four really good ball clubs right there that's played really tough schedules this year. It's kind of like the NFC West, isn't it? <laughs> but it, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that about the records and about how you have to keep that with a grain of salt. Uh, Parkersburg South had the toughest schedule in the state uh, by one of the statewide metrics, and, and, and it shows. They, they've uh, not won a lot of the close games. I think the number that I have gone with a lot of times this year, uh, South is um, looking it up right now. South is one and nine when held below ten at least one quarter. That's not the one. 
Um, this is the 11th single-digit loss for South of 16 total. They have 16 losses, and, and 11 of those have been by single digits. So they've not really been blown out of the water by too many people, uh, and their record isn't really a fair indicator on how they've been. And PHS is a tough out as well. You know, they, even though these two schools have 13 wins between them, you know, the big thing they both know, Joe, is that they, they're going to play, they're going to play an access game to the state tournament on Tuesday. And then none of the rest of that matters. And as long as you buy into that, and we talk about it all the time, coaches talk about that all the time. And, um, you know, Mike Fallon in particular, Parker South has said that to me on the post game show a number of times. I think it's becoming a little harder on him, uh, as that plays out to, to have that record look like it is. And to go through some of those losses because this just feels like a season for Parkersburg South where nothing has gone their way. The the 50-50 calls, the 50-50 bounces, the breaks, just nothing has gone their way. And uh, it's been tougher to see that play out. But the bottom line is, regardless of what happened tonight, regardless of what happened the rest of the season, both BHS and both South know that they have a chance to go to the state tournament on Tuesday and that they'll have to get the get get the job done and take care of business. The Tuesday AAA Region 4 matchups, Cavill Midland at Parkersburg. Parkersburg South will be at Spring Valley. Eric Little, I know you'll be making the trip for that one. I, I don't know. I believe you'll be making the trip <laughs> for that one. Um, cer- yeah. Certainly hope to get to speak with you uh, next week, too. But if not, it's been, a, it's been a fun year following the Patriots, one way or the other. Yeah, I, I believe so. And uh, I'll do my best to, to, to make it in uh, – I'm going to a rock show with my brother next week, so I'm not sure if uh, – I think that's a Thursday night deal. So uh, if I survive that, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to call you guys. It's uh, uh, different than my Fridays usually end up. But uh, but as a way, thank you for the outlet once again. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you once again. Uh, and uh, if i got something to talk about Friday, then uh, I'll uh, give you guys a jingle. Absolutely. Sounds good. Eric Little voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And you know what? We're going to take a break right now. That way we have a little bit more time at the end of the hour to talk with Michael Miller, head coach of the Frankfurt Girls. What a game they had on Wednesday night. I think that was the one that that sent some shockwaves through the state. Not necessarily the, the outcome, because if you follow Frankfurt, you know how good that that girls' basketball team is. They're more than just Abby Beeman as well. But we'll talk much more about the Frankfurt Lady Falcons and their road to Charleston, making it to the state tournament, how they got there with Coach Michael Miller in just a moment. We're going to step aside right now for break number three. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu SOJMC. Follow us on Twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. Kelly Pandrick, Stephanie Fetty, Eric Brooks, Ethan Stallings, Eastern Panhandle Sports Report, William Arthur, Eric Bain, Zach Simpkins, Coach Walters, Jeff Harding. 
Wyoming East Barstool, Pendleton Times, Travis Smith, Alicia McMillan, Rick Farlow, Shannon, Donica Early, Mark Riggleman, Mara, Luke, Appalachian Pop, Cam the Man, Terry Kennedy, Chris Saunders, Five Loaves Hoops, South Charleston High School, Tanya Merritt, Jaden Booker, Donovan Davis, Rick Ferris, Nancy Hahn, Tucker, Eric Hutchinson, Brooke Campbell, Stacy Taylor, Crystal 25275. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, 53% of you said that coaches should not continue to seed the sectional tournaments. This week's question, do you support a four-class system for high school basketball in West Virginia? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 945 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're having a good time here on Basketball Friday night. Ryan we always Epling. have a good time. Right? I mean, I don't even feel like I have to say that all that often because it's just a given at this point. Ryan Epling, Coach Rick Marone, Joe Linville, all happy to have you along with us. As we go through the state tournament pairings for girls, talk about the regional games coming up for boys basketball as well as the sectional championship games that were tonight. Regional girls basketball game Wednesday night that I think got the most attention from a standpoint of just a halftime score that really caught a lot of people. Frankfurt hosted North Marion. Let me give you a little backstory before we bring in Coach Michael Miller. A year ago, Frankfurt reached the AA semifinals and had a 16-point lead over North Marion in the third quarter in Charleston before the Huskies came back and got the win. This year, Frankfurt is 20-4, and but earlier in the year they went to North Marion and got beat soundly by the Huskies. Uh, in fact, gave up, uh, in the, gave up 88, 88 points in that game, 88-62. Then the way it fell out, Frankfurt – got North Marion in short gap in a regional game. And uh, that was Wednesday night. And at halftime, Frankfurt led 44-12. to And the Falcons were able to get the win and get their ticket back to the state tournament. Coach Michael Miller joins us now on the program. And, Coach, I have to imagine uh, that was a, kind of a little bit of an exorcism that, went, <laughs> that took place Wednesday for your ball club, getting that North Marion, uh, you know, the proverbial monkey off the back, so to speak. Yes, you better believe it. Um, we still had that sour taste in our mouth from last year, and it never did go away. And our girls, you know, played with a chip on their shoulder that night. And wow, I mean, just an unbelievable game and effort by them. And you know, I'm so proud of them. That just t- take me back a little bit. Did, did you see that kind of performance coming? I know you see them in practice every day. I know you had them motivated, but to still go out and perform and to execute the way they did, uh, especially in that first half, is just, uh, I'm sure that, that may be even a little bit of a surreal feeling to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we expect, you know, to come out and play with, you know, a passion the way that we came out and played with. We haven't seen it, you know, that much this year, especially in the first half of games. We've come out, you know, pretty slow, but, 
you know, we, we did kind of expect it, to be honest with you, because we know what we're capable of. You know, we, we take pride in our shooting. We take pride in the way we pass the ball and distribute the ball to everybody. You know, we take a lot of pride in that. It, it, you know, the expectations are a state championship or nothing. I mean, and that's how we look at it. You look at it as if, you know, we're the underdog in the, in the state when it comes to, you know, double A. And that's how we play. We want to go out and prove everybody that, that you know, we belong. And it's March Madness. And, hey, why, why not us again? You know what I'm saying? Hey, Coach, uh, Coach Marone here. Congratulations on the regional championship. And as you uh, make your way back to Charleston and you do have, uh, you know, several players returning from last year's trip there, well, that experience, I think it's got to help you uh, having been on that stage and having kids that are kind of knowing what to expect. I know that's something that as a coach, uh, you'll maybe be able to, to get your feet under you a little quicker there, I would think, uh, with the experience you've got on your ball club. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big moment for us last year. You know, we were taking it all in and, you know, enjoying the time that we spent there. We wished that, you know, we would have ended a little better. But it was a, you know, it was a different atmosphere for us and one that you know we feel comfortable with now and we feel that you know this is a you know the girls are looking at it as a business trip this year instead of a you know go down and see what happens have fun kind of thing so we're, we're treating a little differently and you know the girls will come out and you'll probably see a, a difference in, in the way that they come out and, and perform. Well, Coach Abby Beeman, a former standout athlete of the week here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 2,000-point scorer. I think, uh, you know, with that being her last home game, that was an exciting time, a little bit of an emotional time as well. But on top of that, I think she's a household name within the people who follow Class AA girls basketball, but you are far from a one-person team. You had, you had other girls who stepped up and made big shots and have made big plays for you all season long. Yeah, we do. We we feel that we're a complete team. We're not a big team, um, but I feel that we play big. And of course, everybody, you know, everybody likes to have an Abby Beeman on your team. She flat out refuses to lose. Um, her last home game, of course, was Wednesday night, and she knew North Marion was going to make a run. She knew it was coming. She kept begging me to to call time. <laughs> timeouts. I told her we only get five a game. She wanted to let the girls and and she kept reminding everybody on the team saying, hey, this is not going to happen to us again. I mean, she refused to give up. She kept energizing the girls. Um, This group of girls, especially our our junior class right now, I mean, they're not used to to losing either. So, I mean, you, you match them up with Abby. And right now we, we have a good mix. We believe in ourselves. We play well together. And the most important thing is that we believe. And that, that's critical when it comes to this time of the year. And, and we're ready to compete. You're 20 and 4, and you've got the 5 seed. And we've, we've talked with uh, Coach Skeen about just the, uh, of Sissonville earlier, about just the balance within AA in terms of, there, there, one, there was no easy road for anyone to Charleston this year. That is a very complete field. And, I, and another thing, again, you're 20 and 4. You just beat the reigning state champions by double figures, and you're a five seed. You're not even in the top half of the bracket. I know that can be a little bit of motivation, but you can also just speak to the depth of AA girls basketball this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's tough. I know in our section and region, 
you know, we get to it, and then our rewards, you know, is either Fairmont Senior or North Marion. So, <laughs> you know, we we'll, that's that's a real nice gift to you know to be given, and you know, it's just something that that we have to deal with. We, you know, we try to schedule some games, you know, that we can that are that are real competitive and and to get us ready and prepare us for those two teams. And I think we did a good job in our, our scheduling this year and, you know, it really helped us, you know, down the stretch and it's prepping us right now for our the run that we're hoping to make down in Charleston. Frankfurt will play in the Class AA Girls Quarterfinals 9 o'clock on Thursday night against Lincoln. Coach um, Michael Miller of Frankfurt, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on getting those girls back to the state tournament. We wish you and the Lady Falcons all the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Once again, Coach Michael Miller of the Frankfurt girls basketball team. And we'll get with Jeff Manila in just a moment, head coach of the Parkersburg boys team. But, <clears throat> Coach, when you saw the score at halftime of that <laughs> game, and my, I want to I want to give North Marion some credit. They got that game back down to nine points within about 38 seconds left in the game, and Frankfurt closed the door and won by 12. But it was 44-12 to 12 at halftime. And that score just kind of it got some reaction when it was uh, – when it was announced throughout gyms throughout West Virginia. Yeah, and I think he, he said the words March Madness, and I, I don't think there's anything that could state it better. I mean, a, a tournament game many times, uh, Joe, and you've seen this, it's about momentum. Sometimes you're riding it, and sometimes it's overwhelming you. And for the defending state champion who have had a very good year, North Marion has, uh, to be down like that in a regional game, it just speaks to, one, the strength of that Falcon team at Frankfurt the senior leadership, and they can score the basketball. And North Marion, we saw it last year, when you play the style that they play, you're never out of the game, but you're never ahead far enough to really salt the game away. So last year it brought them back, and they beat Frankfurt after trailing by 16. But, Joe, I think it's about momentum, and when the shots don't fall, Frankfurt fortunately built that big lead for them because they had to hold on at the end. And they, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got eight wins in a row, and those four losses were two very tough teams. I mean, they played some tough double-A and triple-A teams on that schedule. Like you said, that prepared them for the postseason. Now they're ready to go. Now they get their opportunity. If you look at the class triple-A region four boys standings on basketballnight.com, it lists them in order of uh, winning percentage, and Parkersburg is seventh out of seven in their boys' teams. But the Big Reds win their section, and they will host Cavill Midland for a chance to go to the state tournament next week. Jeff Manillo is the head coach of the Parkersburg Big Reds. They pick up the one-point win tonight over Parkersburg South. And Coach, first off, congratulations on the sectional championship. Hey, thanks, guys. Has it been difficult to kind of keep your team's eye on the, uh, on the prize, so to speak, for the postseason, knowing that, it's really important to just put two or three good games together and you can be in Charleston despite a season that I know hasn't been necessarily as good as you would have liked. Um, you know, it has, been, it has been definitely a difficult year. But, um, this, you know, I've done this for 30 years. And uh, this team is, is kind of different. The record is bad. We were uh, awful early in the year. You know, we expected to have Brent Strange. And uh, had he not gone to Penn State early for football, uh, I think we would have been probably one of the top two or three teams in the state. Um, when he didn't come out, uh, it caused our team and our, our players 
they have to change roles. Uh, it's not just he didn't come out. I mean, he wasn't at school. Uh, he was at Penn State. But, um, so, so we had our four playing our five, our three playing a four. Guys didn't understand their roles. And uh, we were a very, very bad basketball team in December. We probably overscheduled, expecting to be really, really good this year. And, uh, you know, we've had, we've had really good kids. These guys have practiced really hard. And as this year's gone on, uh, we threw everything we were doing out early and uh, went back to the drawing board probably about mid-January. And since mid-January, uh, our guys have had the lead in every game in the fourth quarter that we've played except one, and that was the university. And... Um, we just didn't win many of them. And uh, it's been very, very, very frustrating for our kids that they show up every day at practice with the mindset that uh, they're going to compete and they're going to be pretty good. And we challenge them to get over the hump. We've had great senior leadership. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, this team is a little bit of an enigma. I mean, record-wise, you're going to look at us and say, hey, we're not very good, but... And I know everybody likes to pound their chest and say they played a hard schedule, but I don't know anybody played a harder schedule than us. We played a team that's still undefeated out of Cleveland. We played uh, Thurgood Marshall out of Dayton. We played University twice. We played the MSAC conference schedule. Um, played Parkersburg South twice. Uh, we played a 17-win Warren team. Co- Coach, so, I'm going to have to interrupt you for just a second. Can we just bring you right back on after the break? Sure. All right, we'll, we'll do that. We, we have to take a break. We're up against a, a hard break here. We'll be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Coming up after this two-minute timeout on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC Make 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WQWV. WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits, 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, the Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 
Edmonton, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 at Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, on our Facebook page, and we're on Periscope. Hello. Hi, Marshall University Provost Jaime Taylor. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This program is produced on the campus of Marshall University as a celebration of high school basketball in the great state of West Virginia. I'm with journalism and mass communication professor Bernice Morse, who's a director of the Carter G. Woodson Lyceum, and we are offering an exciting opportunity for high school students. Indeed, Provost Taylor, Marshall University is again offering its annual high school journalism workshop. The workshop is a cooperative endeavor between the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum and the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications. This year, the high school workshop will take place June 24th through 27th, and this summer will mark the 10th consecutive year that the high school workshop has been offered on the Marshall University campus. What are the qualifications necessary for a high school student to be chosen? We're seeking students with at least B average grades. We also seek applications from students who will be in positions to improve their high school publications as well as electronic media. And we use the workshop program to support incoming first-year student journalists who want to jumpstart their first semester at Marshall. Will there be a cost associated with the high school workshop for the high school students selected? Applicants will find the instructions for the application and the required supporting documentation at the Marshall University Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. The deadline for applications to be postmarked is May 4th, 2019. All questions should be addressed to me, Bernice Morris at morrisb at marshall.edu. Thank you, Professor Morris. Please enjoy the next hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now to the second hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this Friday, March 1st, 2019. The true beginning of March Madness all throughout West Virginia. It actually kind of got underway a little bit earlier. We do a little bit of February Madness around <laughs> yes. here, but uh, March is when it really, really kicks into gear. We'll talk much more about the uh, boys' regional pairings, which are basically complete now. We'll have the girls' state tournament pairings throughout the course of the program as well. But right now, let's go back to Parkersburg boys coach uh, Jeff Manila, who was so nice to hang with us during that break. And uh, Coach, we were just talking about your boys basketball team picking up the win tonight. 
over Parkersburg South, 49-48. Tell me a little bit about coaching in a rivalry game that is so intense twice during the regular season and just how it has a little bit of a different feel when it comes to the postseason. Well, I don't know that it has a different feel, to be quite honest. Um, it is it is always a very stressful, uh, intense, uh, you know, just sort of nerve-shattering. I mean, you got 2,500 people, 3,000 people at the game. Uh, it's loud. Uh, you know, tonight's game, believe it or not, was one of the cleaner games that we've probably ever played in, in that setting. Um uh, I don't think either team turned the ball over more than seven or eight times. Uh, both teams shot the ball pretty well. Both teams executed pretty well. But uh, every pass at every point was pretty hard fought. And Coach, your basketball team now getting ready to host Cavill Midland on Tuesday night. Uh, just tell me a little bit about uh, getting that regional game at home, what that means uh, for your ball club. And uh, you take on a, a Cavill Midland team that, um, you know, has been uh, a little bit of a surprise throughout the course of the year, but a team that you've already beaten in Parkersburg. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know that from a talent standpoint, uh, you know, there's a lot of difference between the two teams. And I think Coach Chapin does a great job. I think the Schmidt kid's a really good player. The Stern kid's a really good player. The Edwards kid's a pretty solid guy. Um you know, they, they have done a whole lot. He's done a great job changing the culture there. Um, at the end of the day, I'd like to think that we're a whole lot better team today than we were when we beat them back in uh, mid-January. So um, we'll just we'll have to see. I mean, postseason, nothing's ever a given. Uh, everything's a challenge. But, uh, you know, I, I like our guys' chances, especially at home. I would have liked our guys' chances on the road. But uh, our problem this year with this group of guys has been closing the deal. We've, we've lost seven or eight games here out of the last uh, nine or ten. And, and we've been ahead in the fourth quarter by four or five points in almost every game uh, down the stretch here. Our guys have had a difficult time uh, closing the deal. So that was really what was good about tonight was uh, winning that kind of a game um, you know, we've been bringing officials into practice. We've been doing game situations with uh, live real officials uh, every night trying to get used to that situation. But uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody always says the new season when it starts over, and most people really don't believe that. They think the same old guys are, from the regular season are going to be there. But I, I really think that our kids have evolved as the season's gone on and uh, – We've grown into a pretty pretty good basketball team. So, you know, I think Tuesday night's going to, you know, challenge my assessment of where we're at, but uh, I like our chance. Jeff Manillo, head coach of the Parkersburg Big Reds. They win the Class AAA Region 4 Section 1 Championship tonight and will host Cabell Midland for a state tournament berth coming up on Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. Hey, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. And... Uh, that'd be a big game in Parkersburg. Uh, tonight was a big game in Parkersburg. And it seats 4,500 at the field house. And I don't know if it'll be full, full, but it'll be enough to uh, to make a dent and a, a nice little uh, boost to the economy. Yes, in a great place to uh, to host a game too. That ought to be a great matchup Tuesday.
Should be a lot of fun. Another uh, big win tonight in, in boys basketball. We'll get a full scoreboard for you in, in just a couple of moments. But um, before we do that, I want to look back at the scoreboard right now and see that in Class AA Region 2, Section 2, it was Nicholas County defeating Lewis County tonight by a final of 72 to 68. The head coach of the Grizzlies is Brian Phipps. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach, congratulations on the win tonight. Thanks, guys, so much. I really appreciate that. A hard-fought win over a, a very uh, a game Lewis County team, one that uh, took you guys to the wire. Just tell me a little bit about how that game, uh, the flow of that game tonight and uh, how your team was able to come out on top. The flow tonight was uh, both teams – well, um, the team shot the lights out. Uh, that's the best I've seen in this kind of series. Um, our kids just played really hard from both teams. Uh, we were able to excellent three throws down to the end and, and uh, uh, make some tough shots at the end to uh, pull away. Luke LaRose gets a lot of the credit, rightfully so, for your basketball team. Just tell me a little bit about uh, coaching a, a kid like him. I know he's been out a little bit. Um, missed a couple of games this year. Uh, how's he doing right now? And uh, now that you get into the uh, heart of postseason play, uh, you know, from a health standpoint, is your team healthy? Team is, is very healthy right now. Luke was sick. He missed one game in Washington. I hated that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the best thing for him to put that one out. But uh, Luke had 39 tonight and had an off night. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have him. To uh, give him the ball, and he was he was only seven to fifteen from the free throw line. So if he if he makes those free throws, he scores forty seven instead of thirty nine. Uh, uh, you know, I guess <laughs> it, it, if if you're going to have to find something that he needs to work on, there, you know, obviously he'll have to put in some free. Right? I mean, come, no, I'm just playing. He, he's obviously well, a, a he, great player. He has the ball in his hands. A bunch, and it, it, especially in in-game situations, and he's going to get fouled. And he's got to make those free throws for us. But you know, anytime you score thirty-nine, there's not a whole lot I can pick on that. And uh, your your team's now a prime con- uh, opportunity to to host a regional game next week. Yeah, we uh, host Robert C. Bird, great basketball team. Coach Bill Bennett does a wonderful job up there. You look at his at his bench. There's Dave Marshall, um, great basketball coach. There's uh, a guy that used to be Jared West's assistant at Notre Dame on the bench. So they're a very well-coached team. They play really good defense, and they shoot the ball really well. So we, we have our hands full, but the, the thing that helps us is playing at home. And this is the first time under the new format that we've got a regional game at home. You know, So we're, we're, we're really excited about it. I think it'll be a big night coming up uh, in Summersville next Wednesday when Robert C. Bird travels to Nicholas County to take on the Grizzlies with a state tournament berth on the line. Brian Phipps. Head coach of the Grizzlies, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight. Thanks for joining us. and wish you and your ball club nothing but the best this week. I appreciate that, guys, and thanks so much for the invitation. All right, thanks so much. Again, that's Brian Phipps, the head coach of the Nicholas County boys basketball team. Uh, not one that necessarily is a household name, but Luke LaRose is within, uh, again, you might have to follow the sport a little closely because he's not necessarily known on a statewide scale, but um, – they went into George Washington without Luke LaRose and gave the Patriots fits. 
that's that's a pretty good basketball team, Coach Maroon. Yeah, and Coach Phipps does a great job there, and uh, you can tell he's excited about it. And uh, he knows a tall task with R.C. Bird, but he's got it at home. He said the first time they've hosted a game there. And, you know, when you got Luke LaRose and you got the, the supporting cast they have, I tell you, the exciting time for Grizzlies basketball. It's also an exciting I just want to say they've had, you know, they've had a good run there, too, there. To, to round out the season, they had a couple losses there against George Washington Midland Trail there in mid-February. But other than that, uh, since about uh, about the middle of January, they've been on a pretty good uh, tear there in Nicholas County. A lot of fun to follow uh, that basketball team over the course of uh, the year, and really last couple of years as well. You know who else has had a, a nice year kind of under the radar for the most part, maybe on a statewide scale, but uh, a team that, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think it's kind of overachieved to an extent. At the very least, I'll say their head coach is doing a fantastic job with that ball club and with that program. I'm talking about the Tulsa Rebels boys basketball team. Todd Maynard is the head coach of the Rebels. They win tonight in the Region 4 Section 2 championship game in class single A over Tug Valley. 64, excuse me, 68-54 to 54 was the final in that one. And Coach Maynard joins us now on the program. Coach... It's always special at Rebel Arena when you have a rivalry like the one with Tug Valley and what they come in with what that game meant tonight for your ball club. I have to imagine that was a, an outstanding atmosphere and a lot of fun for you tonight. Oh, no doubt it was. Um, the atmosphere there was unbelievable. Um, you know, I've uh, played a lot of ball myself and, uh, you know, uh, coached him some games, but I've never seen a place like that. That was uh, total chaos in there, but uh, – Great time uh, to be at Rebel Arena tonight. It was really fun for the kids. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to uh, get that win tonight. And um, Tug Valley's a good ball team. And, you know, we've uh, played them three times this year. And uh, we were fortunate enough to go 3-0 and against them. But uh, this one's really big for our program. And, Coach, I definitely don't want to sell your, your ball club short. But I don't know that coming into the season that many people outside of Glen Hayes and outside of Southern Wayne County realize just how good this basketball team could be. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of our motto, um, you know, we kind of, we tell them, uh, like I told them all year, we told them tonight in the uh, locker room, you know, when we played Tug is, hey, you're kind of the uh, the ones that's under the radar and people don't really believe that, uh, you know, you can win. But uh, our group of guys and the culture we're building, uh, they've really bought in and uh, those kids uh, believe they can win in any ball game they're in. And, uh, you know, we joke with them. <laughs> A lot, and I, I tell them, I said, listen, it's going to be us against the world. I said, even sometimes the uh, the old blue and orange uh, sometimes maybe not believe. So, it, you know, we just got to go out there and prove everybody wrong. And uh, we got a group, a uh, good group of kids, gritty bunch, and uh, they compete every night. Regional game coming up Thursday at home with Williamstown. Yes, Williamstown and Tulsa, if you are a <laughs> ge- geography major, aren't that close together. But uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how you get ready for a team that, you haven't seen this year. Well, I've seen them a couple times scouting. I've seen them up at West Virginia State, uh, play Greenbrier West. Um, so, and then I've seen them down there in Work County. I've seen them play uh, against Buffalo, one of our sectional foes there. So, um, you know, the beauty of what's happening here is we get to play at Rebel Arena, and that's why this game was so important tonight that we was able to host a uh, regional game and we don't have to travel, but. Um, they're a really, really good ball club. Uh, they got a couple bruisers, and uh, they spread the floor pretty well, have good ball movement and spacing. And, uh, you know, they're going to be tough, but uh, we, we hope they're a little bit stiff on that bus ride there to Glen Hayes for sure. 
Coach, congratulations on the win tonight and the sectional championship. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. That's head coach Todd Maynard of the Tulsa Boys basketball team. We're going to go right back to the phone lines right now. Dave Tallman is the head coach of the Morgantown Boys. What a finish to that game tonight. Morgantown defeats University at the buzzer on a three as uh, they end up winning the sectional championship. Garrett Haynes hits that shot. Coach Dave Tallman joins us now. And Coach, wow. I mean, have you, have you been able to kind of relax from that one yet? Yeah, man, it, it's, uh, I tell you what, it's a heck of a night in Morgantown. You know, they, we were up seven late, and they got Kata Matheny, who was unbelievable. He had three, like, 30-footers, you know, and they go up uh, two. And then uh, my assistant coach, Dennis Kearns, uh, said, hey, let's go for the win. Let's, uh, you know, get a screen for Garrett and uh, get out of here because, you know, we didn't want to give Matheny that ball back. So we did, and uh, he got kind of contested, and, the ball went at the right angle and uh, banked in. So we're uh, – I got a bunch of family and friends over at the house, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to enjoy this one. Coach, it's always a big game. Anytime Morgantown and University plays, I don't care what sport it is, uh, you know, they've knocked you guys off a couple times in the regular season, and you guys come back and, and get this one-point uh, win tonight. How much momentum does that give your team uh, to go on to, you know, that regional championship game? You know, I think a ton, and I think people, when they do their, uh, the coaches do their ratings, they really need to look at our schedule. I mean, our schedule was, you know, brutal from top to bottom, and, uh, you know, we weren't playing cupcakes. I mean, we, we've been in games like this. We were down at Martinsburg and, you know, took them right to the end. So we've been in these kind of competitive battles over the last uh, couple weeks, which, you know, where tonight, you know, you get in that, and our guys have been there before, and I don't know if, you know, their guys had been, you know, in that scenario. So, um, you know, I think when we do these rankings, people really need to look at our schedule because it was uh, at night in and night out we were playing the best. Your basketball club gets a home game Tuesday night against John Marshall for another state tournament berth. Uh, obviously important to get that game at home and, and to be able to have an opportunity to make it back to Charleston. This is, a, this is the best time of year, isn't it, Coach? Absolutely. You know, I'm just happy to, to get a home game. We've had to go to Wheeling Park the last couple of years, and they got a really good ball club, and um, we've already played there twice this year. We had to play at their place in the OVAC tournament, too. So, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to get a home game, and uh, our fans were terrific tonight, and this one's from Morgantown High School. There you go. Head coach Dave Tallman of the Morgantown Mohegans, congratulations on the sectional tournament win. Best of luck next week. Okay, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, and again, that's Dave Tallman, the – Morgantown Mohegans get the win at the buzzer. Garrett Haynes three banks it in to defeat John or excuse me, to defeat University Crosstown Rival University tonight by one. What a game that was! We're going to have to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with the head coach of the George Washington Boys Basketball Team, Rick Green, and have much more on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. 
Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. There's many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to BasketballNight.com. Just click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live and Periscope. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. In the Huntington area, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Make sure to send pictures of your game, your team, and your fans so we can feature them in our video stream. Send your pics to us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Coach Marone is in studio with us tonight. Joe Linville also here. I'm Ryan Epling. We are joined now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia by our special correspondent, Andrew Rogers. He's going to introduce us to this week's standout athlete of the week, Reagan Sharp of Trinity Christian Academy, Trinity Christian School, I should say. Trinity Christian will be in the Girls State Tournament uh, this upcoming week. We'll talk much more about that over the course of the program. But, Andrew, you had a chance to learn a little bit more about Reagan Sharp before you're a starter and – um, a girl who is uh, obviously, um, I, don't, I don't know if I call her the centerpiece because that's kind of uh, kind of short changes the rest of her teammates, but she, she is somewhat of the featured player for the Warriors this year. Yeah, absolutely, and she's really been the featured player too all four years, second leading scorer in Trinity girls basketball history, and really her experience through the four years of starting has really helped this team this year. And, and she not only with basketball, but, but Joe, you, we were looking at this a little bit earlier, a multi-sport standout, and sometimes there's that debate about playing multiple sports. Well, she does, and is very good with all of them. Exactly, very successful. You know, sometimes it's just bred into athletes. You know, you just you get those genes, and you can you know be successful at multiple sports. And Andrew, she's very successful in those sports on an individual and team basis. Absolutely. And when I was talking to her, she's been to track the first three years of her high school. Obviously, spring coming up, she has a chance at a fourth. But she also has school records in long jump, shot put, and discus. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible to be successful on the basketball floor and in track. Yeah, you're talking about one of the best athletes in school history at Trinity Christian. And off the floor, though, uh, just as busy. Um, AP scholar, marching band, student council, 4-H club officer. She just pretty well does it all, doesn't she? Yeah, AP scholar passed four AP exams. That's pretty incredible. But also 
she got third place in a social studies fair project that she did on how the WNBA has evolved. So she you knows she's all about basketball and incorporating that into studies, and that's always kind of cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew has more now with our standout athlete of the week, Reagan Sharp of Trinity Christian. The great Vince Lombardi once said, leaders are made, they are not born. Leaders can be made through many valuable experiences that stretch their leadership skills and challenge their abilities. Working hard on and off the floor and learning various leadership skills along the way is what is making Reagan Sharp a leader and also this week's standout athlete of the week. Trinity Christian senior point guard Reagan Sharp has been steadfast for the Warriors, having started all four years during her high school basketball career. The past two years, she has been named to the All-State basketball team. This season, though, Sharp averages approximately 15 points per game and at least five rebounds, assists, and steals per game. She credits her teammates for her success on the court. It's been really great to have a, the team that we have. We've had a lot of other people that can score, especially we've had the two. We had two new girls transfer this year uh, and play for us, and they were a big help after our senior Emily graduated last year. So it's been easy when they're making themselves available and we're running the plays that the coaches designed for us to uh, get other people open. And that all not only leaves me available to score, but also gives me the option to help others score too. Although Sharp is a 1,000-point scorer and the second-leading scorer all-time in Trinity Girls basketball history, her head coach Mike Baldy says her statistics do not tell the whole story of Sharp's importance to his team. This does a great job facilitating for her team. Uh, even more than just statistics, she's just a great leader on the court. We had a game not too long ago where we played against Peyton City and we actually lost. We didn't have Reagan in that game. She was out to injury and I think everyone really realized how much Reagan does on the court more than just filling, filling the stat sheet. She's just the leader on the court. She controls everything, the tempo of the game. And it's been like that for four years. You know, she's a four-year starter and, and has really been a staple of the program for her entire high school career. Obviously, Sharp is a standout athlete on the basketball court, yet she also participates at a high level in other sports at Trinity. She partakes in volleyball and runs both cross-country and track, where she has appeared at states in her first three years for long jump and shuttle hurdles. She says being active in different sports has helped her maintain her stamina, all while forging stronger bonds with her teammates. I think definitely the track and cross-country, they've allowed me to stay in shape a lot, which has helped me you know, on the basketball court. And then with volleyball, as well as the other two, a lot of the same girls play all the sports here at a small school, so it's allowed me to be able to form relationships with them, so our chemistry is a lot stronger, both on and off the court. Besides Sharp's excellence within the confines of the athletic realm, she is also heavily involved in numerous other activities at her school and within her hometown's lifestyle. She is a member of Young Life and her school's student council. She has also participated in the marching band up until this year, as Trinity was unable to have enough members for a band this year. Outside of her school, she is involved year-round with a 4-H club, where she is the president of her 4-H club. She says being involved with the club has helped her become a better person. I've met a lot of great friends through 4-H. There's a lot of different parts of it. Community service, which I think is great to get out in the community. There's visual presentation that we can do, and that helps me you know, be a better speaker and better leader, too. In the classroom, as in the other areas of her life, Sharp does extremely well. She is a member of the National Honor Society and is on the honor roll each and every year and is also an AP scholar. Because of these accomplishments, Sharp has been a fixture on the all-OVAC academic team each of the past three years. Coach Baldy says being so well-rounded has helped her become a successful player on the floor. She's so multidimensional, and her, her parents 
pushed her to be multidimensional from a real young age, and I think it really shows. You know, she's more than just basketball. I think sometimes that helps her put things in perspective on the court and when dealing with coaches and when dealing with teammates. You know, just being so good and so dedicated to so many different things, I really, really think has helped her mature as a person and as a player. Darp graduates in the spring. She hopes to have left a lasting impression at her school. I hope that people can look to me as someone who not only was able to manage a lot of stuff, but I hope that they look at me as someone who, you know, puts their heart to something and, you know, didn't give up when they were faced with some trials. With the state tournament beginning next week in Charleston, Sharp will strive to add to her many accolades as a player by ending her basketball career in style by winning a state championship with her teammates for her school and her community. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Andrew Rogers. Thank you very much, Andrew. And Trinity Christian with Reagan Sharp will be in action on Wednesday morning, opening game of the Girls' State Tournament against Magnolia in the 3-6 matchup. Trinity the 6th seed, Magnolia the 3 seed. That will be 9.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning, second straight year that the Warriors have made it to the state tournament. Thanks so much for that, Andrew. And uh, Guys, we're going to step aside, take a break, gather ourselves, <laughs> come back. We'll get a scoreboard update. We've got all the scores of every game played in West Virginia tonight. We'll also reset the girls' basketball state tournament field. Coach Brown and I will talk about a game that we both saw on Wednesday night and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues halfway home here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's scores and give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. Macy Stewart, Jason Slay, West Virginia Sports News, Jason O'Brien, Cameron White, Jay Hatfield, Dog Zoned, Mark, Debbie Greskovich, Clyde Farley, Jake Adkins, Alex Crum, Sally Avero. Become part of the show. Go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. You can call, tweet, text, and email. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Text the show, 304-249-4924. Text the show with your scores and comments, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect with the show at basketballnight.com.
Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 1031. On the program, Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. Guys, for the second straight week, we get to hear our favorite sound on the show. The sound that says we have all the scores of every game played in West Virginia. There it is. It's a beautiful sound. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And, also, uh, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll get the scoreboard here in just a second. But um, I mean, tonight is an important night in boys basketball because you're seeing the matchups now fall into place of how you have to uh, find your way to Charleston. And it can be difficult to go on the road. There were a lot of these sectional championship games tonight, Coach Marone, that were one-possession games. And, and it makes a big difference in the matchups for next week. Yeah, it, it sets the stage for next week. The other thing is, on this scoreboard that we see in front of us, when you see the sectional finals, you're seeing the teams that will be in the region, and you're seeing teams that will make that run through Charleston. So it's exciting because, like you said, a possession here or there can send you on a road trip. You know, uh, we talked to Coach Maynard from Tulsa earlier. He's facing a Williamstown team that lost by one point tonight against a very good Park Catholic team. Well, that all of a sudden sends Williamstown across the state to try and pull uh, a win uh, in a regional game. And, uh, Joe, uh, when you get to tournament time, it's a possession game. You hear that said all the time. But, boy, the ramifications of it, like Ryan said, are huge sometimes. Yeah, you know, in, in this round, you get a chance to redeem yourself. But in the next round, it's win or go home. And, you know, one possession, you know, a missed free throw or anything could, you know, throw your uh, opportunity to go to Charleston right out the window. Williamstown is 154 miles away from Glen Hayes. <laughs> have made the trip myself for a, a regional game two years ago <laughs> and uh, know every stretch of mile. Beautiful place. Uh, two hours and uh, 43 minutes according to Google, which means in real time it's about two hours, 35 minutes of drive time. Unless you get behind a slow vehicle, which is always possible. Add a stop in there or two, and yeah. you're three or three and a half hour trip minimum. Yeah, one way on a Thursday night uh, next week. So that'll be a big game as well. It's, just, it's interesting to see how that all falls into place. But, Joe, it's time for a scoreboard update. Let's go to check out the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And let's take a look at the AAA games. And, Coach, I'm going to throw it over to you, and you can do the AA games here in just a few minutes. But first of all, in AAA, it is Region 1, Section 1. It was Wheeling Park knocking off John Marshall tonight by a score of 82-56. And that uh, Region 1, Section 2, and what a game it was. Went right down the wire. The Morgantown Mohegans knocked off University 57-56. In Region 2, Section 1, Martinsburg remains undefeated at 24-0. They knock off Musselman at 63-48. And that Region 2 game in Region 2, Section 2, it was Washington. The Patriots come up with the win tonight over Jefferson by a score of 55-33. Going a little farther south, down in the capital city, another close one in Region 3, Section 1. The Capital Cougars knock off George Washington 64-63 in that Region 2 Section, or I'm sorry, Region 3 Section 2 game. Woodrow Wilson comes up victors tonight with a 60-52 win over Greenbrier East. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, 
fall to Parkersburg or pick up the win over Parkersburg South in that Region 4 Section 1 win, 49-48. And in Region 4 Section 2, it was another close one as Spring Valley comes up victorious over Cabell Midland. 50 to 48. Now look at the double A games. Double A games. Uh, first of all, uh, we look at Region 1, Fairmont Senior 68, North Marion 37. Double uh, A Region 2, Nicholas County gets a 72 68 win over the Lewis County Minutemen tonight. And in Region 3, Bluefield gets a seven point win over Shady Spring, a low scoring affair, but the Beavers 49, Shady Spring 42. So Bluefield will be at home in that regional round. And a big game in Logan County, Chapmanville. Knocks off the Logan Wildcats in Region 4, Section 2, Chapmanville 68, Logan 55. And, Joe, we're sharing the ball. We're going back to Ryan. He's going to finish with the Class A scores. And no pressure. Just give it to me right at the hoop. We'll, we'll, try, to, we'll try to not kill the assist here. Class Single A, Region 1, Section 1, Wheeling Central. Defeats Cameron tonight, 79-68. to In Region 1, Section 2, it was St. Mary's. Defeating Tyler Consolidated. 76 to 50, a little bit of a surprise in the margin of victory tonight for the Blue Devils. That sets up Tyler Consolidated at Wheeling Central, Cameron at St. Mary's for state tournament berth next Thursday night. Region 2, Section 1, Trinity Christian upsets Notre Dame, 36-34. Tucker County in Region 2, Section 2 defeats Pendleton County, 45-42. A pair of tight games there. So that means that Notre Dame will make the trip from Clarksburg over to... Hamilton, Hamilton up on the mountain to take on Tucker County. Meanwhile, Pendleton County will travel to Trinity next Thursday night. Region 3, Section 1, undefeated Webster County keeps it going. 24-0 are the Highlanders after defeating Charleston Catholic tonight, 74-60 in Region 3, Section 2. It was Greenbrier West defeating Greater Beckley Christian, 64-59. So listen to these matchups in the regional. It will be Greater Beckley Christian was 18 and 6 at 24 0 Webster County. They played in the regular season. Webster County won in the last seconds by one in Webster Springs. Yeah, so this should be a, a great game for that one as well. Also, Charleston Catholic will head over to Charm Cove to take on Greenbrier West next Thursday night. What a that's a great pair of matchups there. <laughs> Class A, Region 4, Section 1, Parkersburg Catholic. Defeats Williamstown 28-27. I'd like to hear more about this game. I don't know if that was a stall game or if that was just a game where teams couldn't score. We saw a game that was very low scoring. Coach, we'll talk about that in a moment with tonight. And neither team was stalling. <laughs> no. Also tonight, Tulsa defeated Tug Valley 68-54. So it will be Tug Valley at Parkersburg Catholic, just like it was for girls basketball last night. They'll play in boys basketball at Parkersburg Catholic next Thursday. And Williamstown will travel to Glen Hayes to take on the Tulsa Rebels next Thursday night. That is a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Coach, we, you and I were, were both at a uh, – actually, you and I were both at two games last week, but or this week, uh, over the past week. There we go. <laughs> we were at the Wayne Sissonville game. They'll play again um, this upcoming week. But we were at the Wayne-Logan game. You had the call for WFGH, Wayne and Logan, the girls' basketball region final. Uh, Logan was a team that Wayne had beaten by double figures twice, but had a, the back-and-forth game at the field house in Logan, and Wayne was kind of able to pull away late. And I'll tell you what, Kevin Gertz had a game plan. Let them shoot and make them <laughs> beat you, and Wayne could not throw it in the ocean. It was a, I thought 
every I thought both teams played relatively well. They just neither one could could make a basket. No, couldn't make a basket. It was fourteen all at the half, and uh, Ryan, these are two of the top teams in Double A, and you're exactly right. Both those teams so familiar with each other. Uh, our last uh, Wayne was zero for nineteen from the three point line, and to be able to win that ball game, I think says a whole lot about the program and the fact that they uh, they did the little things. We were talking on the broadcast. You know, Wayne come out and was cold all night. I mean, uh, hit a couple of shots, but hit their free throws late. But they were getting offensive rebounds. They were getting loose balls. They were really getting those 50-50 plays to go their way, and then they got a little bit of breathing room. And it was a hard-fought win. Coach Wade Williamson joined us after the uh, the broadcast, and you could just tell he was spent. I mean, it's hard to coach a game like that because they got open shots, both teams, and both of them are very talented. But there was a lid on the goals there at Pioneer Gym, and uh, they they lasted all night long. It was very low scoring, 42-33, Joe. Yeah, and I've seen a game that was an exciting game, Scott and Logan, over on Minor Mountain earlier this week. And I'll tell you what, for a team that was you know, the three seed in that, uh, in that section – and to come up 10 points short, I tell you what, it's brutal to get out of that particular section, uh, section in class, that Region 4, class, uh, Section 2, in Class AA. It just shows the talent that's out there. You had a 20-win Lincoln County team setting as the four seed in that section having to go to uh, or having to play Chapmanville yeah. in a sectional semifinal. And, and while Chapmanville pulled away and won, and won that uh, soundly, I mean, what did your Lincoln County have? I don't think we – necessarily gave them the credit they deserve over the course of the year uh coach rodney Plumley did a great job with those kids they just ran into the toughest <laughs> in the state yeah. yes you know and chatville's proved that they are a team i mean knocking off logan because you know the first game was like a four-point win then they beat them by i think about 12 at logan and then picked up another win tonight so chapmanville you know is the team you know the defending state double uh, a champs and they're going to be tough to knock off uh you know Big again this year. Should be a, a lot of fun though this upcoming week. Let's set the the girls AAA state tournament field for you. We haven't done that yet because of course all this is at basketballnight.com. Parkersburg is the number one seed. They will take on number eight seed Hampshire, who've made a nice little run through uh, sectionals and regionals to get to the state tournament. It'll be Hampshire and Parkersburg playing on Wednesday night at 7.15 in the Charleston Civic Center, which is also now the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. I told you it's going to be a hard, long road to get that one right. I'm with you. Uh, Also in Class AAA, the number two seed is Greenbrier East. Governor Jim Justice, his ball club, will be taking on number seven seed Huntington at 11.15 Wednesday morning. The number three seed is University. The Hawks will take on number six seed Martinsburg. Able to get back to the state tournament. They will play Thursday night at 7.15. The number four seed is Willing Park. They will take on number five seed, South Charleston, 11.15 Thursday morning in the state tournament. So um, let's just kind of go through these, these fields a little bit here for a moment. And, and we'll save AA because I want to talk more about AA because of just the, the, the depth of high-level teams in there. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, a little more in depth. But Parkersburg, Hampshire, uh, Willing Park, South Charleston, Greenbrier East, Huntington, University, Martinsburg. Coach, any of those matchups stick out to you that you're looking forward to uh, in the opening round of the AAA tournament? Well, I think a couple games really jump out at me. I think that as far as matchup-wise, 
you know, I think that Greenbrier East Huntington game is going to be one. Uh, you know, Coach Lonnie Lucas has the Highlanders really playing well here late in the season. So as far as uh, on the court uh, action, I think that, and then seeing how Parkersburg defends that championship, they have been a steamroller late in the season. I mean, they have. You know, they put up over 100 points in a sectional game against their cross-town rival. And so I think they're going to be impressive to see coming out of that bracket. And then what a story with Martinsburg, with what that team's been through, uh, with the uh, the bus accident and uh, the, the situation with that, to be able to regroup. You know, how great is it uh, to see them back in Charleston? And the, the Lady Bulldogs have had a great uh, – they got a lot of tradition there. You know, uh, of course, you can probably tell us the most famous uh, Martinsburg player that played Vicky at WNBA. There you go. <laughs> See, we quiz him on the spot, and the man knows it all. Uh, but Martinsburg's had a great tradition. But I tell you, you, no matter who you root for, I think you can root for Martinsburg in the state tournament as well. And you look at those mid-seeds. you got Wheeling Park, South Charleston, number four, number five. You never know what's going to come out of those matchups. And, you know, they just got to lay it all on the line on the, on the hardwood and see who comes out victorious. I think Parkersburg's the favorite. I think I mean they are their one seat, so they're the favorite. Yes. But I think they're the favorite, definitely beyond that. But you have to go win it now, and that yeah. can, that can be a challenge. Uh, and and you're lower, defending too. Yeah, you know you're defending the championship, so you definitely have a big target on your back. You are the hunted, uh, not the hunter. Yes, as a different. Hampshire's got their hands full, but I, I think uh, Parkersburg's gonna have to earn it. Yeah, and, and in class single A, um, St. Joe's a little bit banged up. They're the number one seed. They'll take on Midland Trail, the eight seed. The Heiko Psychos will make their way to the Civic <laughs> Center. Uh, that's their student group, not, not, not the team. Not the team mascot. <laughs> right. I love, I love that name, though, the Heiko Psychos. They'll make the trip uh, from uh, Raleigh County – or Fayette County, excuse me, into uh, Charleston, take on St. Joe. That will be 5.30 on Wednesday evening. Um, Wheeling Central and Tucker County will play – for the second straight year in Charleston, they met a year ago. I happened to watch that game a year ago. Well, and how about a semifinal rematch of last year's championship game? If things play out, you could have Wheeling Central and St. Joe in a semifinal this year. And then uh, you look at the bottom half of the bracket. I'll tell you, Dark Horse, I think it's Magnolia. Uh, not that they're not a great – we know they're a great team. We followed them all year. But they not the, they're a little bit under the radar. Uh, they get a very tough Trinity team. We saw our Athlete of the Week uh, tonight uh, – from that Trinity team, but Magnolia, they've got a very complete basketball team. They're very well coached, and I think coming out of that bracket on the bottom, a team to watch is the the Lady Blue Eagles. And, Joe, I think when you talk about tradition in girls' basketball, you got a Parkersburg Catholic Summers County opening round game for the second straight year. (laughs) Uh, I I think, I mean, that's – that's a game from a, like I said, from a traditional standpoint to watch. It is. I mean, for years, Summers County was a, you know, predominant team in Double A. Then they dropped down to Single A, and you know, they just rebuild, regroup, and and find their way back to Charleston once again. So we'll, we'll, again, that'll be a great matchup. Absolutely. We'll talk more about the Double A tournament in depth, and we'll also talk to our standout athlete of the week, Reagan Sharp, when we come back. This is basketball Friday night in West Virginia, all across the fast break sports stuff. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. This is Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. 
critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Follow us on Twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. Kelly Padrick, Stephanie Fetty, Eric Brooks, Ethan Stallings, Eastern Panhandle Sports Report, William Arthur, Eric Bain, Zach Simpkins, Coach Walters, Jeff Harding. Wyoming East, Barstool, Pendleton Times, Travis Smith, Alicia McMillan, Rick Farlow, Shannon, Donica Early, Mark Riggleman, Mara, Luke, Appalachian Pop, Cam the Man, Harry Kennedy, Chris Saunders, Five Loaves Hoops, South Charleston High School, Tanya Merritt, Jaden Booker, Donovan Davis, Rick Ferris, Nancy Hahn, Tucker, Eric Hutchinson, Brooke Campbell, Stacy Taylor, Crystal 25275. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've gone till 1145 tonight and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, 53% of you said that coaches should not continue to seed the sectional tournaments. This week's question, do you support a four-class system for high school basketball in West Virginia? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1048 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. So happy to have you along with us here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Rick Marone with you here on this opening Friday night in March 2019. I hate to jinx it, guys. If we can get through two more weeks without <laughs> severe winter weather, we'll have made it. You went and did it. <laughs> you went and did it. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Coach gave yeah. a little, like, a warm-up. Yes, there, I, yeah. I wanted to throw it out there to see what kind of response <laughs> I got. But just think next week at the show, we're going to have the semifinals. Yeah, semifinals. Just about set, you know. Uh, uh, well, they'll already be set, but I mean underway right. when we're here. Semifinal well, Friday next yeah, Friday for the for girls, girls and the boys state tournament will be the matchups will be locked, locked and loaded. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's just an exciting time for for everyone. And, and the only thing is, uh, Joe, I know you're about to hit me with something <laughs> fascinating. I see the look. No, on no, no. Weather is actually supposed to be a little warmer next Friday night, so I think we'll get through that one. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Joe. Joe, keeping us. Yes. Keep us in line. You all scared. I mean, I knew it was supposed to get colder the first week, so I thought, I don't know what the forecast is the rest of the week. I think it's supposed to be 10 Wednesday morning. But other than that, it'll be okay. Um, but uh, before we go back to the phone lines, though, real quick, Joe, the, the thing about this time of year is you look forward to it, you look forward to it, and then it ends almost abruptly. It does. I mean, you know, rolling into Charleston, you're, you know, just bang, bang, bang. And, and like you said, it's Saturday and you wonder what happened to the rest of the week. It just, it's like a big flash. It just flies by. It's always a lot of fun. As someone who will be taking the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center floor 
for the second straight year will be Reagan Sharp of Trinity. She is our standout athlete of the week. Reagan Sharp joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And there we go. Reagan, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Uh, thank you. Tell me a little bit about um, you're getting ready to go back to Charleston. Second straight year that your ball club's been there. Uh, you know, tell me about the preparations for going there and getting ready to take on an opponent that you've already seen this year, uh, had a close loss to Magnolia in the regular season. Mm, yeah, well, we've worked all year, uh, you know, trying to get down to the States, and it's really great that we've given, been given the opportunity again to go down there, and it's great that we've, we've got a great matchup with Magnolia. Like you said, we've seen them already this year, and we're, uh, we'll be able to prepare for them a lot better than we were uh, last year. We have a lot better chance of competing down there this year. How important is okay? You have success across various sports. Uh, you know, been to state track meet all three years of high school so far. Uh, you'll be looking for uh, making it back here in the fourth uh, time around this time uh, this spring. Um, also played volleyball. So you've had success in other sports. How does that help you? Does that help your nerves any at all when it comes to these big basketball games this time of year? Yeah, I definitely think it does. Um... I've been put in a lot of high-pressure situations, again, with going to states with basketball and for track. Uh, so uh, the more that I'm in those situations, the more I can prepare myself for them when they come around again. I want to hear about this social studies project that involved the WNBA, how you were able to incorporate that. Yeah, uh, well, I was just interested in how the basketball had changed uh, since it started, and especially for women and how they've incorporated themselves into it. So I just went back and looked at the history of it, and I interviewed some uh, former players, uh, one that played for WVU, and just saw that how she'd seen the game and uh, just really how that had impacted women. Hey, Reagan, I, I want to know how you balance your schedule. I mean, you're, you know, you're a great in a classroom. You're a multi-sport player, student council. How do you juggle your schedule day in, day out? Uh, it takes a lot of time management. Uh, I like being busy, though. I like doing something to uh, just, you know, keep my mind busy. And uh, with all that stuff, it's given me a lot of great opportunities to, uh, you know, make some great friends and some great memories, uh, all while, you know, just getting as much done as I can. I think I know, I might know the answer to this, but I'm not sure. It's the reason I'm asking. You play multi-sports. Which is your favorite sport? (laughs) Definitely basketball. I think the social studies project gave that one away, Joe. <laughs> Probably so, but, uh, you know, volleyball, I mean, that's totally different, uh, you know, from, from basketball. Does it, you know, the hand-eye coordination, does that cause you any problems like going from the volleyball court to the basketball court? Uh, it's a little tough right at the beginning, just with, uh, you know, trying to get the transition down. And I'll sometimes even now I'll tip a ball and yell that, yell that I blocked it and so it's still a weird transition phase most difficult sport is it basketball is it volleyball is it running cross country running track I'm out of things to talk about on that regard because I'm out of sports but I mean I mean it's obviously you're you're well-rounded but what's the most difficult of those sports in your opinion Uh, I definitely think the most difficult was cross country by far I think cross country runners are really underappreciated i mean that's some hard stuff and i've been through a lot of hard basketball workouts but nothing compared to running the 10 miles 
uh, every day for cross country. And some of it up and down a hill doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you also, marching band, that, that's interesting to me too because I know that requires a lot of precision. I know it's a small school uh, at, at Trinity. Um, just tell me a little bit about, um, does that help in any way kind of enhance what you're able to do athletically, having to kind of stay in step and do things in a precise manner with marching band? Uh, yeah, surprisingly enough, I think not only with being a small school and a small band, it allowed me to have a leadership opportunity in the band, but also with uh, it just taught me a lot about like um, the coordination helped a lot with that, and that's also carried over uh, to playing sports. Your ball club plays Magnolia at 9.30 Wednesday morning, opening game of the tournament. I can't imagine you've been out on a basketball court warming up for a game at 9, 10 a.m. very often in your career. Uh, any concerns about the very early start time? Um, well, I'm, it's going to be a little difficult for us, I think. I mean, any time you have to play that early, you just have to make sure you eat well the day before and get a really good night's sleep. But I think we can come ready to play early in the morning, and hopefully we'll catch Magnolia off guard. Reagan Sharp of Trinity, our standout athlete of the week. Once again, congratulations on that, and absolutely best of luck to you and your ball club this upcoming week in the tournament. Thank you so much. All right, once again, Reagan Sharp, our standout athlete of the week from Trinity Christian. We'll talk with Jody Fuller after the break because we're coming up on um, the top of the hour here, so we're coming up against a hard break. Um, and Jody Fuller is an assistant coach with the Bluefield boys hanging in there with us. And uh, we'll get to him, like I said, at the top of the hour here. It'll be about six minutes or so from now. But uh, Coach Marone, time management and variety of sports. You're a basketball coach. I know there are some coaches that want kids to specialize. You're not one of them. And, but I think she, she is so rounded, Reagan Sharp, our sound athlete of the week, that it does carry over into other facets of life and sports. Yeah, I think you see that common thread throughout, and I, I always encourage multi-sport. She's a great uh, kid, a great student, uh, and a great leader, you can tell, because uh, she talks about those things that are important uh, for her team and uh, what she can do to be a better team member. So I think the versatility she has is a huge asset and the leadership that she shows. She mentioned even from the, the marching band. And, right. and uh, i tell you what, cross-country's not easy. So uh, <laughs> she's obviously a, a tough athlete. Aren't you too. a cross-country coach? I sometimes? was at one time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that, that just came to mind. Yeah. Right? I just remember, Thanks hey. for bringing that up. <laughs> I mean, she has definitely covered all you know facets of being a high school student Be a great student kid athlete. to coach, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick story about former Spring Valley boys basketball coach Steve Morrison. He coached golf at Benson one year they won the state tournament ask him what he said to his team because he hadn't coached golf before he said I just told him to play hard I don't know how to teach him how to play it worked out more basketball Friday night in West Virginia hour three after this basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC Megwan, 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, W. 
WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits, 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton, The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP, Clay, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP, Wayne, 90.7 FM, WFG8, Fort Gay, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 at Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, on our Facebook page, and we're on Periscope. Hi, Marshall University Provost Jaime Taylor. Basketball Friday Night is produced on the campus of Marshall University as a celebration of high school basketball in the great state of West Virginia. I am with Professor Bernice Morris, who is director of the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum, and we want to inform you of an exciting opportunity for our elementary, middle, and high school teachers. Uh, that is correct, Provost Taylor. Marshall's Summer Teachers Institute integrates the study of black history into school curricula. It is funded in part through a grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. How many elementary, middle, and high school teachers will be chosen? Twenty educators will be selected for the program and they will study Woodson, black history, black literature, and how to incorporate black history in their programs. They will also visit historic sites in the area. All sessions, except field trips, will take place on our Huntington campus June 17th through 21st and will be taught by experts in the field. Teachers will pay nothing to register for the Institute because the Lyceum's funding covers the cost of tuition for three graduate credits and provides teachers with $500 stipends. How may the elementary, middle, and high school teachers apply for this summer's Institute? Applicants will find the application at the Marshall University Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. The deadline for applications is 5 p.m. March 15th. All questions should be addressed to me at morrisb at marshall.edu. Thank you, Professor Morris. I personally invite all the elementary, middle, and high school teachers who are listening to apply and let their fellow teachers know of this opportunity. Now please enjoy the next hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. 
Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. It is 11.02 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limbaugh here with you for the final hour of the fastest three hours in radio. Can you believe we've already been here for two hours? <laughs> Wait till next Friday night. Right? I mean, it, just, it just flies by. We have, we have such a good time talking high school basketball, talking with coaches, talking with athletes, talking with uh, people who cover the sport. And um, just, you know, it, it's so nice to be able to expand our basketball Friday night in West Virginia family to all of you who are listening and all of you who help contribute to the program and it's kind of being the one-stop shop for all things high school basketball in West Virginia. Uh, big thanks to Marcus Constantino for all the work he does. He's still hard at work. He was over in the score center. He's no longer there. He's vanished. The yeah, <laughs> he, he tends to do that when I start to talk about him. He just disappears <laughs> on us. But uh, big thanks to him. Also, uh, big thanks to Fred Hazel Dameron. Um, and, guys, there are so many people behind the scenes that I, I, will, I can't name them all. I don't know all of them that well, to be honest with you. But they do such a fantastic job, and a big thanks to all of them. And you guys know who you are. You do a fantastic job uh, helping us bring this program to everyone. And a big thanks to Dr. Chuck Bailey at Marshall University and to Marshall University for allowing us to use uh, the studios here in the um, communications building, the School of Journalism and Mass Communication. I was going to say, and, and a big thanks to Dr. Bailey, brings a lot of these interns in that are in a broadcast and journalism program here at Marshall University, and they get hands-on experience working behind the scenes here on this show and do an outstanding job. To the 25 radio affiliates throughout West Virginia who have taken on our program, we greatly appreciate them. Say hi to all of them as well. Yep. Uh, you mentioned some of the ones behind the scenes. Mike and uh, Mr. Powers keeps us. Senator, Straight out Senator, Senator, Senator excuse Senator me, I, I should be reprimanded. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, it, it's we get the easy part. I mean, yeah, uh, really we do. Uh, needless to say, uh, they make us look a little better than we normally would. So yes. glad to be here. They absolutely <laughs> do. And you know, big game tonight. Well, honestly, I say that a lot tonight because all games were big tonight. At Sectional point, tournament yeah. championship games. Uh, Bluefield defeated Shady Spring forty nine forty two to win the Region Three Section Two Championship. They are 19-2 and two now, are the Beavers. Jody Fuller is an assistant. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach Fuller, congratulations on the win. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, important game for your ball club because the way Region 3 falls out, and it is such a competitive and tight region, that means you get a home game now. Of course, it's with Wyoming East, who has uh, been playing pretty well down the stretch, too. But to get that game in the Brush Fork Armory, that was a big win tonight and an important win. It was, yeah. We always feel better playing at Brush Fork, that's for sure. And uh, Shady Spring, a, a good basketball team also. You get that win, 49-42. Uh, they are 19-5. and five. So you had, a 19, you had an 18-2 and two team coming in against a 19-4 and four team in a sectional final. And I think that just speaks to the quality of basketball in Region 3 this year. How difficult is it knowing that if you don't bring your best on a given night, you get beat? Oh, it's, it's tough. And uh, that was a dogfight tonight. Uh, Shady's, like I said, they was they's come in what nineteen and four, and uh, they had us on the ropes for a while. Um, I wouldn't say we played well; we didn't execute well tonight. But it was uh, definitely built some character pulling a win out there tonight because uh, we fought through 
thought through. We didn't have a, like I say, the execution was not what we wanted. And a lot of that is uh, Coach Olson. Those guys done a great job with their defense. And uh, so uh, it, was a, it was a good character win for us. It's the third time you've beaten Shady Spring this year. You beat them by one in Brush Fork Armor. You beat them by fifth or by 14 at Shady Spring. That's kind of the outlier of those games because the other games obviously played so much closer. But uh, what were you able to do tonight to be able to kind of withstand what they were what they were bringing and to be able to get over the over the top to get the win tonight? Well, I tell you, uh, Coach Webster, uh, Tony Webster, he's. He works. Uh, he works that defense hard, and and really, that that was the difference in our game tonight. We, uh, like I said, we really struggled. Um, I think the score was maybe eighteen, seventeen shady at the half. I think that's by far the lowest point total we've had in the half this year. And um, so he really, uh, he really turned that defense up. Coach Richard does a great job with that. And I sort of, I sort of run the offensive show. And tonight, like I said, I wasn't real happy with it, but Coach Webster. He uh, he really turned the heat up on the defense, and uh, kids played really hard. I wouldn't say we executed, but they played with tremendous effort tonight. And uh, ultimately, that was the difference. Uh, the kids just scrapped out and found a way. Um, and that's, I guess, this time of year, that's all that matters. Tournament ball is a little bit different than regular season. They they found a way to get it done tonight. So I think the defense was the biggest um, biggest game changer. Well, now you get a, a regional game at home on Wednesday night, and, and you will play. Wyoming East for an opportunity to go to Charleston and I'll tell you a Bluefield Wyoming East that that's been a rivalry in multiple sports basically since the uh formation of Wyoming East High School about 20 years ago now yeah it's uh I say I've just been in Bluefield now just a couple of years third year up here and uh I've, I've known some of the history on it I've been a part of some of it and uh I know that you know, got a lot of respect for each other. The schools do, and it's I expect nothing but a, it's going to be a tough game. And no regular season game with Wyoming East this year, so it's a new opponent on a big stage. It is, and I mean, we know they got players over there. They uh, they've got the shooters. They've got they've got players. Canada, he can create. Uh, we'll have our hands full. That's for sure. And, and I know what kind of ball club you have. They will have their hands full as well. It will be Wyoming East at Bluefield Class AA Regional game. On Wednesday, as Bluefield defeats Shady Spring tonight, 49-42. Uh, Shady Spring will end up going to Oak Hill. Coach Fuller, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Best wishes to you and your ball club next week. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate everything you do for basketball in the state. Hey, thank you so much. And um, Yes, sir. We're going to move right along. I love talking basketball with people that, you know, that's the first time I've got, had a chance to talk to Coach Fuller. We've had three coaches involved with the Bluefield boys basketball team on this program over the year or over the course of this year uh coach Marone uh before we go to Jerry Robertson who's the head coach of Greenbrier West there are different there's not any one way to do things right from a coaching standpoint uh as, as as coach Fuller just mentioned he does a lot of the offensive work coach Webster does a lot of the defensive work and coach Buster Large kind of oversees everything <laughs> Some coaches are more hands-on from the head coaching spot over everything as well. Yeah, you know, some of them have that uh, style, and they have assistant coaches, and then they oversee it. And some of them are in there with their sleeves rolled up, and uh, they might feel comfortable uh, handling one of those themselves directly. Uh, But they've got a great staff there in Bluefield, and Coach Large uh, has his fingerprints on everything. But, boy, when you got good assistant coaches, and they really – 
kind of Joe take the reins on a certain aspect of your team, it's really a, a plus. Like he said, he took the offense and the other coach took the defense. You know, and it, and it's a little bit different in basketball, unlike football, where you got, you know, you, your defense comes off the field and the offense goes on. You know, in basketball, you just got to transition, you know, in a split second. Yeah, you just got to – defense starts as soon as you get back down the floor, basically. Right. As soon as that shot goes in or a rebound or whatever. Yeah, and so obviously there's going to be a whole lot of good basketball out of Region 3. That's nothing new. That's a competitive region. Again, we've talked about Region 4 in girls' basketball, Region 3 in boys' basketball. I don't know that the best individual team in AA is in either one of those regions, but the depth of those regions is remarkable, Coach. Yeah, it's remarkable, and it's every year. I mean, it, it just tells you about the community support, the school's tradition, and uh, every year they're gearing it up, and uh, it's a battle. We've talked many times, those teams that get to the state tournament out of that Region 3 uh, are definitely battle-tested, and they've been in big games, and uh, the, the trip to Charleston uh, doesn't phase them at all. I mean, just just look at the caliber of the school. Oak Hill, uh, both the Wyoming County schools, Liberty, Raleigh, Independence, and then you Bluefield, Shady Spring, James Monroe. I mean, <laughs> what talent <laughs> it comes out of that southern part of the state? And uh, that, that that should be a lot of fun to follow along how that goes. And another group that's having a lot of fun this year. I think single A basketball. There there just there are some great stories to follow uh, in that classification this year, and one of them is Greenbrier West. The Cavaliers are 20-4. and four. They won Region 3, Section 2 tonight with a 64-59 win over Greater Beckley Christian. They will host Charleston Catholic next Thursday night in a regional game in Charmco with an opportunity to go to the state tournament. Guys, do you remember the last time that Greenbrier West made the state tournament? Coach Maroon, put you on the spot there. Uh, you did put me on the spot. I think that came up in one of our previous shows, but I, I don't think it was Greenbrier West, so my mind is stuck, I think, on Webster County. Right. right. Uh, Joe, I'll throw it to you. I'll throw in the towel. 1992, the Cavaliers won the Class AA state championship, and uh, they, they won in that title game over Williamson, 74-70. to Let me quickly run through who was in the state tournament that year. In AA, it was Greenbrier West. Williamson, Pineville, Buffalo of Wayne County, Richwood, Bridgeport, Williamstown, and Musselman. <laughs> wow. Just think about Greenbrier West is now single A. Williamson no longer exists. Pineville no longer exists. Buffalo Wayne no longer exists. Richwood, single A, hanging by a thread mm. as a school right now. Bridgeport went to AAA, back to AA. Williamstown is now in single A, and Musselman is one of the larger AAA schools now. <laughs> Things have changed greatly over the course of that time. Jared Robertson is the head coach of the Cavaliers, and coach, none of these kids were alive when any of that happened, so I don't know how much it affects them, but it affects the people who have followed Greenbrier West basketball over the years. Guys, I'm just going to say thank you for having me on the show. That was my quiz question to you guys two weeks ago. When was the last time we won 18 games? <laughs> And you probably stole my thunder on the answer with your little story there. But uh, <laughs> believe it or not, it, it tells you my age, but I was point guard on that team in 1992. So this has been a very special year for me as a coach. Uh, and and you, so you've been on the side of it as a player. Does that help you as a coach kind of try to, you know, 
get through to your team exactly what they're about to be involved in. I know they've been in these games over the past couple of years, but at the same time, I mean, having an expectation to win from outside the community now where people expect you to win, it's a little bit of a different feeling. It is, and, and our kids have really bought in and been very coachable all year long. We, uh, we got a lot of seniors, I've told you guys, and they played the last two years, and two years ago we thought we had a chance, and we got upset by Summers County. Last year we thought we had a chance, and we had a great section, ended up third, and, and played a game with Greater Beckley in the sectional semifinals that came down to the end just like tonight, and we were on the short end. So this is the first trip to regionals for these boys, and, and they're really excited. We're just, just so proud of them and the effort they've given to us all year long. How important is it for you – that's a, that a, a big win tonight, but now that means a home game and the road from Charleston to Charmco. I know you want to go, you want to make the trip westward, but the trip eastward for Charleston Catholic, that's a difficult road trip for them. That's a, and that, that gives you an, a, certainly an advantage in this ballgame. Well, I hope so. We, we told our kids that we just needed to relax tonight and just play. We were going to play on Thursday next week, no matter what. But it'd be a lot easier walking out of class and going in their own gym and getting a shoot around instead of having to travel to Webster County or to Charleston Catholic. And we started out tonight down 17 to four, and people kind of looking around and wondering what was going on. But our kids just stayed the course and did what we've coached them to do, and we found a way to win in the end. Coach, that was kind of what I was going to ask you. You know, talk a little bit about the game tonight. But as you mentioned, you were down. So, you know. How do you motivate those boys to, you know, to give them the confidence to, to bounce back and to play their best and to overcome the deficit? Well, we've had a little saying all year about having no fear, and um, that's how we break our huddle. And we called a timeout. I think it was like 14-2 to two or something like that, and it didn't look good. And I just told them in the huddle, I said, look, boys, there's a lot of basketball to be played. All year long we said we have no fear, and we're not afraid of this moment. And it was 17-4, to and Caden Pack hit a step back three, and it just seemed like from that point on our kids just took off. And it wasn't that we played bad early. We just couldn't make a shot. And one of those nights that we felt like we could get it done, we changed our defenses a lot. You know, Greater Beckley has a great team and a lot of great players. And our kids just kept fighting the fight. And somehow we found a way to win in the fourth quarter in a tough gym. But I'll give our fans credit. About 45 minutes before the game, half the gym was full of Cavalier fans. and I'm going to say we had more fans there than Greater Beckley tonight, and that's really great to see for our community. Nothing brings together a community like a, a school athletic team. I stand by that. Uh, I believe in that strongly. And you know, I was going through the teams that, that you guys have played when you were in school and, and won the state tournament and how most of them are not in existence anymore. I think there's a charm. And I'm not using that as an ironic name because of Charmco. No pun but there, there, there's no pun intended there whatsoever. But there's a charm to a small school and a, and a community coming together behind an athletic team. Well, we, we've had a lot of athletic success over the years. Um, been really successful without very many state championships. And, and our wrestling team set the bar last week. They went down to Huntington and found a way to, to be number one in the state. And I think our basketball boys have looked around and said there's no reason we can't have another one. And we had a great uh, practice yesterday getting ready for Greater Beckley. 
and hopefully we can have great practices next week getting ready for Charleston Catholic. Coach, we've enjoyed following your basketball team this year. I know you've had a, a front row seat with it. I know it's been a blast for you as well. Wish you and the Cavaliers the best of luck in ending that 27-year drought coming up next Thursday night. I'm going to say this, guys, if I can throw one thing in. Coach Fitzwater has been a coach at West for many years, and um, his family found out that his father-in-law had cancer just three days ago, and he passed away last night. It was just a, a really sudden thing that has kind of shook Coach Fitzwater's family and our school and our basketball team. And um, Coach Fitzwater's wife, it was her dad, and, and their boys came to the game tonight after finding out that, that he'd passed away early this morning. And um, we got Miss Fitzwater out of the crowd after the game. We were celebrating, and all our boys just hugged her and prayed with her. And it was just a special moment. And I just want to give a, a big prayer out to their family and tell them how much we're thinking of them. And hopefully we can keep winning some for that family. Absolutely. Our thoughts and prayers would go out to them as well. Coach Robertson, once again, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Jared Robertson, head coach of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Matt Green, head coach of the Capitol Boys. They had a nice win tonight in sectional tournament play. Sets up that regional, makes a, a little bit of a, maybe a varied route for some teams who we thought might have been uh, kind of coasting toward meetings. Shakes things up a little bit. More basketball Friday night in West Virginia after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday night scoreboard. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, on online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. There's many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. We're on great radio station throughout the Mountain State. Just click our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to BasketballNight.com. Just click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live and Periscope. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. In the Huntington area, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Make sure to send pictures of your game, your team, and your fans so we can feature them in our video stream. Send your pics to us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-22 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Boys sectional tournament play wrapping up across the Mountain State tonight. Girls state tournament play kicking off on Wednesday morning in Charleston. So much to talk about and, and so many important boys games tonight in terms of setting up the regional matchups and that will have an effect all the way through the seeding. Whoever wins regionals, it will affect the seeding when we get to the boys state tournament in Charleston a little bit uh, more than a week, a week and a half until the boys state tournament begins too. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun. This is a fun time of year. And when you talk about Region 3 in Class AAA, really there have been four or five teams that have kind of separated themselves. George Washington, the reigning state champions. Capital, very good again this year. Woodrow Wilson started 0-3 and have won 18 of their last 21, and they're very good at Beckley. Princeton had a, had a fine year, 14-8. and Their final record, Greenbrier East, 12 and 11. They started well, had some bumps in the road, but they've been playing well down the stretch, too. So that set up a big game tonight, in uh, a couple of big games tonight, I should say. The Region 3 Section 1 championship game. Capital gets the one point win over George Washington, 64 63. Matt Green, the head coach of the Cougars, joins us now. And Coach Green, what a game tonight! Yeah, it was a great game. I mean, I don't think you could ask for much more in a high school game. Uh, both teams played really well. We were just uh, fortunate enough to make a few good plays down the stretch and, and get the win. I don't want to come across as uh, condescending or anything. That, that's not at all what I'm trying to do here or that I've underestimated. Your, your basketball team is very good. Had a fantastic season. I think that win over George Washington tonight may surprise a few people still. Yeah, um, it does. Um, even we, we don't have a standout player uh, that is going to go average 20, but we have uh, you know probably five or six guys that are capable of, of scoring 20 in a game. We're extremely balanced. Uh, we probably have seven guys averaging around eight points. So when you don't have one player that people can identify with, I think we get missed a lot um, if you look at a lot of the early season polls and everything. And, so we just slowly kept growing as a team, though, and getting better. Um, and we were able to put a string of wins together in the middle of the season. Um, and, and we played pretty well here down the stretch the last uh, few weeks. And, and, uh, and the guys just did a great job tonight of grinding it out. Though. And it's, it's been fun to watch this team grow and come together um, and, and step into their roles um, as seniors and, and just do a good job. And, and that came out tonight in the win. 18-5 and five now on the season. Greenbrier East will make the trip to Capitol on Tuesday night. Up Greenbrier Street out of uh, downtown Charleston. That should be a, a lot of fun. And also very important to get that as a home game because the alternative was going to Beckley. And, I mean, it, you know, the Raleigh County Armory is a very, very tough place to win this time of year. I know you have to feel good about getting that regional game in your home gym. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you have a chance to play at home with the opportunity to go to states, um, it, it's just a good uh, for you. It's good for it's a great opportunity for our team and our program uh, and, and the school. Uh, so you'd much rather be playing at home than, than having to travel. Coach, what was the difference in your game with uh, George Washington tonight uh, versus the one the regular season game you had a few weeks ago? 
Um, the one a few weeks ago, uh, we just never really got going, got off to a good start. GW did a great job uh, defensively. Um, we changed some of our schemes uh, going into the game tonight. Um, we The game before, too, uh, when we played them, we played a tough stretch of games there. We played five games in like seven days, I think. Um, so we, we were fresh tonight, and, and we wanted to go out. And, and the guys did a great job of executing our game plan. Bunky Brown's a great player for GW. Um, he, he's, we're not going to st- uh, just stop him at case in point. He gets 33 tonight. So we were just trying to slow him down and, and, and do what we could uh, and, and contain the, the role players as much as we could. You're able to do that tonight and get the one-point win. Now, I haven't been able to read the accounts of the game just yet. Just tell me about, I mean, obviously a one-point game. That's going to end in, in somewhat of a dramatic fashion. Just tell me about the last few seconds of that game and, and your feeling uh, as you watched it play out. Yeah, our guys, we were down six with about a minute to go, actually. Um, Ethan Kent, had hit, he had a couple threes uh, to kind of get us within striking distance. Um, and then down the stretch in the last minute, our, our point guard, Devontae uh, Duncan, he, he had six points down the stretch, got a key steal um, out of our press, and then he actually hit a, a really tough bank shot uh, with about five seconds left uh, to put us up one. And GW got the ball back, and Bunky went down after a timeout, uh, drove the middle of the lane, and, and we played pretty good defense, got over on some help side, and made the shot tough for him. And, and fortunately, he missed it. We were able to get the rebound in, in, in the game. Coach Matt Green, anytime you beat a Rick Green coached team, you've done something well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything he's done speaks for itself in the program where he's been able to have it and sustain it. Um, I mean, I've Obviously, a little partial, probably, but I don't know the better coach in the area uh, than him. I mean, he works endlessly at it, and his his record and his team show it. I mean, how well coached they are and disciplined. Coach Matt Green, congratulations on the win, and best of luck next week as you will host Greenbrier East. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's Matt Green, head coach of the Capital Cougars. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, Brad Knapper, head coach of the Chapmanville Boys, will join us. We'll also have our resident referee. Bo Anderson in studio. He's been in the green room, warming up for a while, stretching, <laughs> warming up again because he cooled off. Wasn't a pretty sight, but he was <laughs> stretching. I saw it. Ready to go. We'll have more basketball Friday night in West Virginia when we come back on Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's scores and give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. Macy Stewart, Jason Slade, 
West Virginia Sports News, Jason O'Brien, Cameron White, Jay Hatfield, Dog Zone, Mark, Debbie Greskovich, Clyde Farley, Jake Adkins, Alex Crum, Sally Avero. Become part of the show. Go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. You can call, tweet, text, and email. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Text the show, 304-249-4924. Text the show with your scores and comments, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect with the show at basketballnight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.31 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is with us as well. We'll talk with him more. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned Bo and it just kicks in. (laughs) Our resident referee is in the house. He gets his own entrance music every week, and uh, we'll talk with him. Much more in a moment. But first, I want to go back to the phones. Brad Knapper is the head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Boys team, the reigning state champions in Class AA. They pick up a sectional championship tonight with a win over rival Logan, 68-55. Coach, that game got a little bit close at one point, but your team able to stretch out and get the win, uh, pulling away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Logan came out in, in uh, late in the third, early fourth quarter, and really uh, – Really, really hit us with a hard punch, you know, and and uh, but but our guys really dug in, and I was really proud of how they fought and finished the game at the end. Coach uh, Joe Linville here. It's it's been one of those seasons, you know. Everybody knew that you know you guys were going to be you know talented coming back off that state championship win. Logan was going to be uh, you know reloaded a little bit this year as well. And you guys have played three times, but you guys just keep finding a way to to, to stretch those wins out. You know, the, the first game at Chapmanville was was a tight one, but you know the, the second two games, I tell you what, you guys just came out on fire. Uh, to, to show these boys how to win. Yeah, our guys, like I said, I was really proud of them, especially tonight, the way they uh, – we had a little bit of adversity, you know, early in the fourth quarter. Logan went on a heck of a run and, and got back in the game and cut it to two or three, I think. And, and But our guys just stepped up and really finished uh, the last two, three minutes of the game uh, uh, really, really well. Your basketball club getting a win over a rival, as Joe mentioned there and getting a win over Logan. This sets it up to where now your team will be at home uh, when it comes to the regional round. And, I mean, as as good as what your team has been, as good as what Logan has been, it's still important for you to get that win tonight to get the home game. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we wanted, to, we wanted to win this one tonight and get another home game for our seniors. You know, we talked about that before the game with, with our players and, and, you know, we told them, you know, that, uh, you know, at the most they, they would have probably seven more practices uh, and, and five games at the very most was all they could possibly have. And, 
and we wanted to finish strong and get them our seniors one more home game. Nitro and Polka play tomorrow. Loser comes to Chapmanville. Winner will host Logan. I'm sure you'll be uh, making the trip up to see that rivalry game. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. Um, I think it's at Nitro, so you know, I don't know. I, both teams are very good, and, and they play sort of different styles. So it, it, it should be an interesting matchup. Coach Napper, your ball club obviously very good as well. Congratulations on that win. I know uh, that's a you come out of what I think is the toughest sectional in the state, one through at least four, and uh, you, you come through and uh, come through and win that. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, Brad Napper, head coach of the Chapmanville Tigers. I mentioned one through four because I think when you put Chapmanville, Logan this particular Scott team as well as they were playing down the stretch of the season too and the 20 win Lincoln County team in that one section uh, I I would put them one through four up against any other section yeah I agree with you fully I think uh, when you got a 20 win team that's in the four slot uh, Chapmanville had to earn their way out of that sectional and they did it they did it in high fashion tonight another win over Logan and you know beat and I've said this multiple times it's tough to beat a team three times in one season especially at that caliber you know what else is difficult to work in these conditions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the aroma. The, 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 the crew is bringing in the, uh, the post, post-show meal. The tailgate. We're, we're getting distracted here because it smells so good right now. We can't wait to delve into that. This will be the slowest 25 minutes in radio for us after the fastest three hours in radio <laughs> coming up to this. But our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is here with us. And, uh, Bo, before we uh, get into our side of things, we'll just kind of turn it loose with There we go. Yep. Turn it loose with, with Bo here for a second. Bo, anything that you've run across that was uh, noteworthy over the over the past week in uh, in the world of officiating? No, not not really. Um, I'd like to uh, mention a couple things uh, that you will see coming up in the uh, state tournament. It's a little bit different. You'll see uh, media timeouts at the uh, four minute marks of each quarter, or as close to as possible. Uh, they still get their their three sixties and their two thirties. Uh, that they can still use any time they want to. Um, one thing, and I haven't seen it a lot and didn't have it a lot to last, but I had a little bit earlier in the year, understanding when, you can, when you're supposed to be coming out of a timeout. Uh, as we know, our warning horn is 15 seconds prior to the finish of the timeout. And uh, especially earlier, had difficulties getting teams to get back out on the court. Uh, you know, they want to use more than the one minute uh, for the timeout. And, uh, you know, obviously, by rule, the four, if it's a 60, the horn hits at 45, you should be getting ready to come back out on the court to play. And when it hits the 60, you should at least be either getting to where you're going to put the ball in play or acting like you're at least coming to the basketball. And uh had a few instances where obviously we have that resumption to play where we'll set the ball down if they don't want to come and get it, and they usually move pretty quickly. But, um, you know, that's one thing that I want to mention, especially in the state tournament. It's a little bit different, so they do have a little bit more time and a few extra timeouts in order to, uh, you know, maybe uh, they can need to use them sometimes, and they, they don't because they've got that media coming so close. Hey, Bo, I, I do want to throw something at you, but I heard this the other night at, at a ball game I was at. Officials sometimes will make a mistake. You know, you're, you're human, and I'm, I don't mean that in a bad way. But then there will be another call, and you'll hear a fan holler, that was a makeup call. 
officials don't do makeup calls. No, you know, and I, and I always hate to hear that because, you know, they think or people think, well, down on that end, this wasn't called. And then we go down on this and we come back on that. And, well, they called that because they didn't call the last one. That's not the way it works. Uh, not at all. You know, if we missed it, we missed it. But we ain't going to try to figure out some way to make it up. Uh, you know, we're not creating something out on the court that doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah, I always hate to hear that. I don't pay attention to it because I'm still going to call the game the way I'm calling it. But uh, just, just that factor in. Uh, and, of course, again, that most generally comes from uh, the fan manual section up there <laughs> on row 20 and page 1200 of the fans manual. It's a makeup call. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, no, we, we don't create and we don't need to create. There's enough going on out there for us to start with. A lot of times, Bo, the way the, the regional officiating assignments work out, you get officials that you may not have had the entire year. That's possible. Yes, um, you know I've got one. I won't, you know I'm not going to tell you what night or anything like that. I'll just tell you that I'm working one, but I don't know where I'm going, and I won't find out till Monday. And it's a little different now with the fact that. You know, the home team gets it, so you have to wait. Now, I know what eight sites there are after the night, but which site I'm going to, I won't know till Monday. And I'll get an email on Monday uh, uh, telling me where, what direction I'm going to be going. Bo, let me, uh, now that you've got some softballs, okay. right, I'm going to bring some heat <laughs> under the chin. I want to throw this out there, get your thoughts on it. I kind of know what the response will be, not to really put you on the spot. One of the things as a coach that I think that I've seen uh, uh, over the years and this year I've seen other coaches too talk about a game being officiated the same throughout a contest. If you see a game and you feel like maybe some things are called early in the game and then later in the game it's not called, I know that's nothing. You might not even be able to address that, but uh, I think uh, a lot of the coaches and fans and people – they want to see the same thing called the last five minutes. It is the first five. I don't know if everybody thinks they always do, but in an official's mind, is there anything uh, in your mind that goes through maybe letting the team settle it out, or maybe it's not called the same way? I don't know how to well, phrase the question, but I'm well, going to throw that one out there. I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying, Rick. And, uh, you know, I mean, my thought is always play the game, uh, you know, officiate the game the way it's being played. And I've seen many times where the first half is played really clean, and then the second half they decide they're going to start fouling because they don't have any fouls, or vice versa. The first half, we've got a lot of fouls, and the second half, they say, well, if I foul again, I'm leaving, so I can't foul. And, uh, you know, the game changes sometimes during the game as well. I don't think it's as much the officiating changes as it is the game changing uh, and plays and different things happening. Uh, People make adjustments at halftime with their defense and their offense, and it may change the way the officiating goes. You know, if they weren't pressing in the first half, the second half they are, and they start pressing and, and, and it ends up being a fouling contest. You know, I've had that happen plenty of times, and so I don't jinx myself. If we've had a game that was really good to call in the first half, we kind of stay quiet about it because we want the second half to go the same way, and it don't always happen. Well, and it's a thankless job, and we've talked uh, at length, and I know you've been campaigning and trying to recruit uh, young people to go into the field. It's a tough job that I don't know that any of us would, <laughs> would want to take on, so you have our utmost respect and the fact that you come on and help explain things uh you don't know how much feedback we get from around the state you know i know you're a celebrity 
anyway. Oh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, there you go. The, the, get the head a little bigger. Yeah. But but in reality, you're a great part of the show. And uh, Ryan, I know you all feel the same way. Uh, we get a lot of positive feedback on what uh, resident referee Bo uh, does uh, for us and our fans. The uh, the class of Bo. <laughs> when it comes to officiating, uh, we, we, we've learned a whole lot, uh, not just on this program, but uh, Coach Marone's right. We, I know I hear at games a lot something that Bo will have brought up that they'll say, oh, I didn't realize that. You learned that, and then you see it take place You know, maybe, maybe that night, maybe two games later, and you understand the mechanics of it all. And, Bo, you're, you're invaluable to us for that, because of that. But I want the copyright to the fan handbook that you talk about. <laughs> For five years I've heard it. I want part of the royalties off that We're going to sell that at the gate. I'll, at the gate. I'll, I want the fan handbook, and I want the copyright on it. I'll I want some what, money off of it. There's been plenty of times where I've liked to hand it out of you. I can tell you that right now. Plenty of times. No, no, guys, I, I really enjoy doing this. Um, I enjoy being able to maybe at least – uh, teach someone something that they didn't understand. Hopefully, give someone an inspiration to come out and officiate basketball. It really is is great, and I, we like to get our students at Marshall University uh, involved as well. And we do get a couple every once in a while, but the problem becomes with classes. And you know, our class we have it. We'll start it uh, this year. It'll start for anybody that's interested. This year, it will start. Uh, Wednesday, whatever that first Wednesday is in October, because that hits. We usually start on the first Monday or Wednesday in October, and it's a 39-hour class, guys. It's not something I, I put – We, me and my uh, partner that do the class put a lot of time into that class and uh, go through the complete rule book, put them on the floor. We have a lot of stuff we do. Uh, but, uh, no, I enjoy doing the show. It's it's fun. Um, I enjoy being a part of it, and uh, I appreciate you guys just uh, having me on. That, Save the date. That's the second. Second day. Second day. There, that's the day. Okay. October Thank 2nd. you very much. Save October the date. 2nd. Save the date. 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, October 2nd, <laughs> every Monday through Wednesday all the way through the middle of November. You've got seven months and one day. So you, you should be able to clear that schedule out for that day. Right? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> We're going to step aside take our final break. When we come back, we will talk about the much-anticipated Class AA girls basketball tournament because Coach Marone and I said we would talk about it an hour ago, and we need to do that. And it will be cause time as well with Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. As we will wrap up basketball Friday night in West Virginia. After this, on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC Megwan, 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, W. KKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. 
Nights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 at Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, on our Facebook page, and we're on Periscope. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 1147 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, Resident Referee Bo Anderson, all with you here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We'll have cause time in just a moment. We'll also uh, talk about the girls double a state tournament we've teased that so much we actually do need to talk about it here in just a minute we'll do that as well but first let's go over to the score center to marcus constantino with this week's poll question thanks ryan first we'll recap last week's question where should sectional tournament games be played Uh, 65 percent of voters say it should be played at the highest seed while 35 percent say it should be played at a neutral site now on to this week's BasketballNight.com poll question. Is 9.30 a.m. too early for the first game of uh, the uh, state tournaments? You can vote at uh, BasketballNight.com, and that question will be up until 11.45 p.m. next week. Thank you, Marcus. We always got to talk about Marcus's style here real fast. It looks like he's wearing a lab coat tonight because he's got <laughs> button-up over button-up. <laughs> Dr. Constantino. Dr. Constantino. No, we greatly appreciate Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Button up over button. That's a new style right there. Thanks so much, Mark. As always, you can't do nothing around here. You'll get busted every time. And I like what I like about this is that I thought that four seconds before I mentioned it because there was no pre like <laughs> he had no idea that was coming and quite frankly I didn't either but um, <laughs> I just it just cracked me up I like it uh, nonetheless um, before we go to Rick Kozlowski Coach Marone the boy, the girls double A state tournament is I, I think Fairmont senior number one Wyoming East number two is absolutely right I think three through eight are all very good. But I think any of the eight could could win any game throughout the state tournament. I think that's going to be a fascinating state tournament. Yeah, and I don't think you've really been able to say that a lot, just to be honest with you. The depth of that division uh, is top to bottom. 
uh, me and you were joking uh, during one of the breaks, and uh, you'd mentioned some of the teams that are not <laughs> going to Charleston and what a great tournament you could have with them. And I think that just speaks to the fact that you've got a lot of great talent. There's a lot of marquee players and programs, and you've got teams that are really you know clicking at the right time. And, Joe, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's going to be a, a, an awesome tournament. And really, like Ryan said, I – there's really a group of teams that could get hot and uh, win the whole thing. Well, you know, even, you know, we've talked about this uh, Region 4, Section 2. You had Logan and Chapmanville thought, sure, one of those teams would make it. No, you know, Coach Skeens and Sissonville comes in, upsets Chapmanville on her home floor. And like you said, it you know, this field's wide open, but there's a lot of talent in those eight teams right there. Well, and there's stories galore. I mean, when you think about what Wyoming East has been through the last couple of years, I mean, Ryan, we were expecting to be uh, crowning a dynasty. I mean, when they won it uh, three years ago, all the the promise in the world, and uh, they've run through a lot of misfortune. We've talked about it on the program. They're focused, and they're hungry, <laughs> and they are going to be a tough uh, task for anyone to uh, to take on. But, man, the talent in that double-A is unreal. I think Wyoming East, when they play well, is better than anyone in double-A. Right. They have to play well because <laughs> I think the other teams are good enough that if they don't play well, they, they can be beaten. And Fairmont Seniors very good as well. What a bounce back here for them. Didn't make the state tournament a year ago. Number one seed this year. That also speaks to the – very strong uh, region that they're in. What about Coach Malamachi we had on earlier today, Bluefield, and what happened to them last year? Right. I, it was refreshing to hear him come out and say, that's fueled our fire. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of coaches want to downplay it. He's embraced it, and uh, he handled it a lot better than a lot of us, I think, would have last year with what they went through. Uh, but he says we're back, and we feel like we can compete. Well, let's talk about that real fast. They were in a tie game with North Marion with three-tenths of a second left. North Marion had the ball, threw it inbounds, caught it, mm-hmm. and then shot. Our resident referee is <clears throat> here. Oh, <All> boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, again, that that's um... – you know, I'll, I'll go back to the pencils and the erasers. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we make mistakes uh, sometimes whether we want to or not. Uh, and trust me, we have to go home and live with it just as well as anybody else does. And just had an incident this week in a boys' yes. game where it was less than .5. The shot went in in the Winfield poker game. That was a half-court shot that waved would have won it for Winfield. Waved off, waved off because and, it was less than the allotted time. And if you watch it, he caught it with his back to the basket yes. he shot at took two steps, turned, and then shot. There's no Probably way. Definitely the right call, but. But, but yes. Fans yes. were upset. Right yes, now. Right upset. I mean, just <laughs> bang, bang, and uh, just amazing. But there are six teams with 20-plus wins in the girls' state <laughs> tournament field in Class AA. I mean, Sissonville's 21-5. and five. They roll in as the sixth seed. That's, that's just uh, 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 Frankfurt 20-4 and four is the five seed. Who just took out the just defending out the, champion. Yes, and led by 32 yes, and a half. decisively. Yes. So, so going to be fun. I think there are a lot of teams that, that, can, that can win there. And then, you know, Wayne 22 and 3, we saw, we saw Wayne shoot very well to beat Sissonville. You and I were at that game. We saw Wayne shoot very poorly and have to really gut out a win over Logan. We were both at that game. But too. who gave Wayne – I mean, they've got a great core, but after last year's magical run, I think Coach Williamson deserves a lot more credit than he's getting because I don't know that a lot of people thought they would be back in a very tough Region 4, and they really have risen above it. Lost three seniors, including the best basketball player in school history, Ariel Atkins, from a year ago, and they win the second regional in school history 
again this year. It's, it's, it's a program that's on the rise. All right. Now we have time. Almost out of time. Well, no, we, we've got time. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. One final time tonight to our good buddy Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. It is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick, coming out to the yeah. very heelish no music tonight, <laughs> no entrance music. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. So I was listening to the uh, the description of Marcus's clothing, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys are hunters or not. I'm not, but nonetheless, I understand some of these kinds of things. I'm just wondering if we can classify him as a button buck. <laughs> I, I think that would be very accurate uh, a very accurate description of Marcus who is not listening to us right now apparently not, no response this is great what, what's, what's better Rick is that he's got a headset on and he still can't hear you right now <laughs> uh, we're, we have a lot of fun here and Rick Martinsburg's girls getting back to the state tournament. We talked a lot about their story last week, but now they've made the state tournament. And it kind of gets back to a focus of basketball. I know it has been for about a couple of weeks now, but uh, at the same time, I think that the state now gets to kind of celebrate what they've been through. And, uh, you know, I think there'll be a lot more people that might be, uh, you know, have an eye on that game than what normally would. I think you're right. And I think Martinsburg, from what happened the other night. They were asked about that in the context of things, and basically the coach said, Kyle Trigg said, okay, we're done with that now. We're playing basketball. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, we're going on to the great stage, the grand stage of high school basketball in the state, and maybe someone, maybe just one person, will probably ask about a bus accident. Of course, I'm being a little facetious because I'm sure that that's going to be a, a, a big subject matter. And I know one reporter from out in Parkersburg uh, sent me a note earlier this uh, since uh, the accident and said, I just can't wait to be able to shake the hand of Kyle Triggs, the coach. And I think uh, certainly, you know, I don't think Martinsburg wants to be considered as the, the darling of the tournament. But I think human nature dictates that some people are going to become fans of the Bulldogs just by what happened on that February 2nd night when they were just trying to go home. They will take on University on Thursday night in a 3-6 game. That should be a good game as well. Rick Martinsburg's boys remain undefeated, now adding a sectional championship plaque to the ever- overflowing trophy case at Martinsburg High School. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. And I think uh, when we look over what's going to happen next week, I would not be surprised to see both Martinsburg and Musselman making their fifth straight appearances in Charleston. When section play began, Martinsburg's win total was more than the combined win total of the three teams in the other section, the other section being Hampshire, Washington, and Jefferson. Martinsburg had more wins, 22 wins in regular season, than those three teams did combined. 
that's definitely an eye-opening number. And now you'll have Jefferson at Martinsburg, Musselman at Washington, um, with state tournament berths on the line. And uh, okay, uh, Rick, we, it's our poll question: Is nine thirty too early to start this tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder about that stuff, and, and sometimes when I watch college basketball, and you see some of these teams from mid, the Midwest in these twelve o'clock games, which for them is, is eleven a.m. And the word always is, "Hey, these kids play these games during AAU all their lives. They're up at eight a.m. playing basketball." But at the same time, sometimes you watch those 11 o'clock or, well, 12 o'clock games, but 11 o'clock for the Midwest teams, and they seem to struggle in that first half. They haven't awakened yet. Even though apparently they've been doing this all their lives, according to the announcers, sometimes it just seems like, uh, you know, the, the early the early bird does not, not necessarily, oh, God, I'm, I'm going to do a cliche, which I despise. Uh, I was say, does not catch the, uh, the worm. I might as well go through with it because I started it, right? You have to finish, I understand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think 930s can be tough for some teams. I don't know if there's any question about that. Depends on whether you're an early riser or a night owl, you know. And, and Rick, we are, we are we are right out of time because my story time went a little bit longer than I intended to, and I ended up uh, having to cut cost time a little bit short tonight. But, Rick, thanks so much for joining us, and – uh, we will look forward to speaking with you again next week. Hey, not a problem. And a quick shout out, shout out to my grandson who might be a new fan right. He said he was going to listen because he had no idea this was going on until I told him tonight. So. Awesome. <laughs> We've got a new fan. We've got to go. Semifinal Friday, girls, next week. Join us then. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.